Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Brew Swag. And Brew Swag is giving away a free Jaded Hydra Wurt Chiller. Jaded Brewing has reimagined what an immersion chiller can do, and the Hydra Wurt Chiller can chill your work down in minutes. Enter to win today at brewswag.com and click on free swag. That's brewswag.com and click on free swag I was pouring in my mouth and it just wasn't going down my first beer was an IPA the best IPA I've ever drank mostly because I brewed it if you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. you're scaring me <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks it's some sugary water throw some yeast in there and you're gonna drink good beer yeah it's, it's gonna, gonna be good it's fine From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Welcome, everybody. This is The Session. Today is Monday. The month is December. The date, I have no idea. It could be the 10th. It might. The date is Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. We're doing a 12-hour Christmas show. Right. And uh, with us, as always, is Kimberly Shimke. Wow. She took the mic that takes the most work. Uh, for your boy, the host and owner of the Brewing Network. I killed Justin, and uh, now I own everything, and uh, everyone's promoted. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Are we um, getting raises? No, uh, really, you're just uh, taking just some of the debt. Promoted. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's Merry a Christmas. Christmas miracle. Yeah. So yeah. for the next 12 hours, we're going to be here uh, discussing how Warren's going to pay off our debt. Right. You're going to be uh, draining my bank accounts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What little there is. Yeah. Hi, Ken. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure is sometimes mine. Is it really? Oh, is this one of those times? <laughs> well, Warren's pretty spiffy in his Christmas sweater, which I'm really appreciating. Warren, ha- uh, why are you yeah. appreciating it? <laughs> Were we supposed to wear something Christmassy? 
Yes, that's why I texted you last night about a Santa suit. But, okay, asking me if I have a Santa suit doesn't mean, hey, dress up Christmassy if you don't have one. Well, when you said you didn't have it, I felt like that kind of was a moot point. <laughs> but <laughs> if I, you don't have a Santa suit, but I have, you're not going to have anything I else have Christmas you. shirts. I have those being uh, Christmas sweaters I helped design. They're, yeah, you know, those cool. are, uh, I had one I could have put on. Well, guess what? I didn't get the memo. How did Warren get the memo? I'm, and I didn't get the memo. I mean, I said I was going to do it last week because I thought, well, since you're the host, now it's my job to be the one with the Christmas uh, Oh, attire. dude, we, that's how we do. We pass the, the Christmas right. torch. Yeah, whoever sits in this chair is sitting on the Christmas torch. <laughs> yeah. Why are you bouncing up and down? <laughs> it feels so good. Thank you. All right. Um... Tasty, how you doing? Doing great. You know, you you know we're gonna have a what's up, Tasty segment. Oh yeah. So get get ready for that. <laughs> All right. We got a lot of show to film. <laughs> uh, to anyone listening live, which uh, is that I don't anyone. know if it's a thing anymore. Uh, sorry for uh, starting a little bit late, but uh, thank you for working around my schedule. Mm. Um, you know, I had to deal with some kid stuff, and uh, as the kid gets older, and she's like losing naps and growing up and doing stuff, like Taryn can't leave as early anymore, so. Um, I think for the next like month I'm going to be here, okay, in the host chair. So I think through like January shows are going to start at seven. <laughs> Random time, Silver. Well, yeah. isn't there just one more show through Jan- through January? Oh, through all the way through January. Yeah, I think oh. so. Yeah, okay. I think Justin's going to be hanging out in Colorado doing whatever whatever he does. Probably going to some national monuments or climbing um, some fourteeners. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Because it just sounds like he's going to be hanging out at the middle school. But what is it? what's a 14-er a 14, again? Those are uh, mountains that are above 14,000 feet, That's I right. think. That's right. He's going to do the 14-er uh, punch card. He has a punch card. <laughs> right. He's going to go around and make sure that he hits them all. He's going to smoke a pack on top of each 14-er. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, it, you know, you don't really find cloves a lot. <laughs> I remember, like, when Justin, remember that, Bev, when, like, uh, Justin first kind of started the Bring Network? He was smoking cloves. Mm. I do remember that. That was like his thing. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good time, man. I used to smoke cloves like in high school, like a couple times with the drama kids. You're like, I'm, I, I'm going to, I'm going to my mom's uh, bathroom and uh, smoking potpourri. It was real weird. But do do cloves have any nicotine, or is it just to burn incense in your face? I don't know. It is kind of like just smoking incense, isn't it? (laughs) Do clove cigarettes have nicotine? Do they serve a purpose? Would you like me to look that up? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I truly don't yeah. know. Yeah, fact check. Please do. Yeah. All right. We've got more questions than answers. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what the show does. Yeah, it asks no more questions than doing. answers. We should, we should stop talking when we get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> nonsense, nonsense. Uh, the, speaking of nonsense, this show is brought to you by More Beer. Oh, yes. The good folks at More Beer want to help you brew better beer uh, and consistent beer and all that kind of fun stuff. So check them out, morebeer.com. Um, they have what's called Viking Malt. Which I think that they just went... Eh, I don't know. I just made something up. Uh, hailing from Northern Europe, Viking Malt is a family-owned malt house since 1883 and is the largest specialty malt producer in the world. What you think about it? Like, really? think about... Yeah. Think about all the specialty malts we've ever talked about on the show. Yeah. And and you go to the, the you know, homebrew shops, you read um, recipes and all this kind of stuff. I've yeah. never... I've never heard of it. Right. Never heard of them. I never seen a victory uh, Crystal 40 Right, right. But um, apparently they're the largest special malt producer in the world. Apparently the world is larger than America. And I don't know that to be true, but that's that's a rumor. It might be a QAnon-like thing, but, you know. Well, I mean, I think it recently just got bigger than the Bay Area. 
So, oh shit, we're growing exponentially. Yeah, the world is growing. That's weird. I don't like that. Uh, their base malts are malted from no lox varietals that do not contain the enzymes lipooxygenase, which leads to trans two nonal in beer. But you know, I'm fine with trans two nonal because I support Whoa, okay. I support anything trans. All right. I'm that way. Uh, it's responsible for the stale cardboard flavor. So head over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients from the future. <coughs> Studies have shown that clove cigarettes deliver more nicotine, carbon monoxide, and tar than regular cigarettes. <laughs> 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 okay, so it is more than just perfume in your face. The internet said it, so it has to be true. So honestly, yeah. if you want to smoke because you like the nicotine, you should be smoking clove cigarettes or else you're kind of half-assing it. It's like... Um, it's like when you slit your wrist, you're going across rather than down. If you go across, it's a cry for help. If, that's what it is. If you're smoking regular cigarettes and not cloves, it's just a cry for help. Well, and it's, you, you, want, you hate people and don't want them to be standing near you <laughs> whereas, by making it stink instead of smoking. Whereas people who smoke clove cigarettes are people people? Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> you smoke cloves, Ken? <laughs> As a people person? Yeah. As a people person? <laughs> yeah. No. Why not? Anything that uh, requires inhaling, I would die. Are you sm- why? Other than what about asthma. breathing? What are your thoughts on breathing? Oh, all right. So you don't smoke pot other or than nothing. air? No. Hmm. All right. What about like edibles and shit like that? Uh, well, my Edible generalized nicotine. anxiety disorder already makes me paranoid enough, so I feel like yeah. anything else mm. would just. Uh, well, heroin. <laughs> I mean, there's um, cocaine. I, there's crack. Yeah. Again, with the paranoia, I really feel like that's just those are all bad mm. avenues to go down. I How does wanna... meth work? Is there you paranoia involved? You in sound meth? like a ketamine person. Yeah, I think you just get <laughs> real skinny and you have a lot of energy and then all your teeth fall. Well, other than the teeth part, that sounds kind of nice. What about peyote? What's the deal with peyote? I think you have to smoke that. No, oh. you can eat it. That's very. Huh. I feel like that might be my. That's that could be my thing. Why just to <laughs> just to get in touch with your Native American roots or what? Like building a sweat lodge in your backyard. Charming. Well, she's from Oakland. She's going to appropriate <laughs> yeah. yet another culture. I want to try. I think I want to try one day microdosing something. With peyote. You know, something like like I, LSD. Like I've heard like uh, psilocybin, right? Like the magic mushrooms or whatever. Okay. Like super microdosing. Tasty. You're a man heard of the that, world. Sure. Um, I hear that's like a like a more and more common thing to just kind of take the edge off shit like anxiety. That's why Kim and I are friends. You know what? Oh. We both have oh. anxiety. Are he you just friends? said you're friends. I know. It's a Christmas this miracle. Is rec- this is recorded, everybody. <laughs> no, this is I don't my like Christmas. this anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, the microphone, I, I have a lisp. <laughs> friends. <laughs> friends. We you have- know what? We should do We should do uh, a BN staff retreat that is retreat? a guided. We, ret- we retreat from you. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of what we do every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just the relationship that we all have. On you want to just so that's nothing unique. You want to go to like uh, Peru and take ayahuasca together and just I mean, end maybe up like rolling in each other. Keep it a little bit more local. <laughs> rolling in each other's vomit <laughs> until we see God. <laughs> I feel like we could journal the experience. I'm diarying another world, another Earth, a parallel universe. I'm diarying a universe I'm right now. I'm just trying to get the group to bond. I, I, yeah. It's going to be our most downloaded Maybe show ever. the diarrhea part. <laughs> I've always said we should do team building things. I think we should all do a safe room. Um, no, you mean an escape room. room. An escape room. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should all be locked in a room right. together. A padded room. With no reason safe. other than to hide from something. <laughs> yeah. We don't know what. Our feelings. Yeah. An escape room. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun too, man. I guess. I don't, I don't think we'd get out. 
I actually proposed the idea just in a while back about like a staff retreat. And he's like, oh, it's not really in the budget. And I'm like, no, I have free ideas. Here's all my free ideas. And I never heard back from him ever again. Oh, I've said stuff to for years. It's like, and then and then when the hop grenade opened, suddenly they do, oh, it's hop grenade staff day at a Russian river. That didn't cost any money. What's going on? Why? Is the volume weird for anybody else? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, look, uh, you know, we don't, uh, this is our bonding is work. <laughs> Sweet. So there's that. Great. I, I'm happy to know all of you. Need more? <laughs> Get another gig. It's free. It'll work out just fine, Kim. How about we all go to the old spaghetti factory together? Bond <laughs> over some spumoni. And a glass of milk. <laughs> uh, Shirley Temple is the way to go oh. over there. And we Stay all, classy. We could all color Shirley. our placemats. <laughs> Whoever stays inside the lines <laughs> wins. All right, I'm just trying to keep us all together, but well, if I you guys aren't going to try in this relationship. Hey, we're here together. That's right. We're here together. Speaking of being here together, we have Hidden Mother Brewing out of Spokane, Washington. Apparently, they've only been open since February, uh, but these are Bev's like best friends right now. Oh, really? Yeah, I met them at GABF, and they were super cool and nice. <laughs> and that's all I can say <laughs> and about that's that. all I need for <laughs> people is for them to be cool and nice. <sighs> and then uh, one of them... why I hang out with you. That's there's, friends. there's two of them, Mike and Remington. Yes, Ooh. Mike is the taco, Remington Mike has the mustache. The yeah, so Mike is dressed in a taco outfit, like a taco costume. He's a taco. Is As that his normal uh, Monday outfit? I think so. I mean, I think they do things real different up in Spokane, but okay. uh, you know, it's uh, it's a thing, man. And and Hidden Mother, they do some weird stuff. Apparently, they're known as like the Tree Beer Brewery. They tree do a bunch beer. of weird like experimental stuff with trees and spruce tips and like trees, okay. like actual like trunks of. It's a thing, man. I like some spruce tip beer. Yeah, so we're going to talk to them. Apparently, their thing is saisons. Okay. So experimental saisons. So if you guys are digging saisons right now or, or curious about saisons, stay tuned to the show. We're not just going to talk about microdosing ayahuasca. It's <laughs> but we be, could. <laughs> but I mean, you know, if you want to do that, for sure. Uh, before I forget, before I get in trouble again, do not forget to use our Amazon link if you have things that you need to buy on Amazon. Right. You can go to the homepage, click on that, buy stuff. It's Christmas season. It's yeah. the, it's a capitalistic uh, thing. Um, you know. Support capitalism. It's invisible hand. <laughs> yes, that's Help right. The network. Yes. Uh, actually, all donations go to QAnon, <laughs> and uh, that's what we're, uh, we're all about. Um, yeah, so... Buy stuff on our Amazon link. We know you have stuff to buy yeah. because we can see you right now. <laughs> we can't really see you. Don't look over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Uh, I know. I think I had more announcements. I always forget the announcements that Jay does because I don't like pay attention. Mm-hmm. I'm like busy doing the Twitter game right. and stuff like that. So, um, you know. Well, there's probably uh, up the announcements. Oh, save the date for uh, the BNA, some uh, Witch Spring Brews Fest. I think that's end of March. Yeah, not the beginning. Yeah, last Saturday March. Yeah, the, yeah. okay. Save, save the date that we're not giving you yet. No, I think he's giving it out. I just forget what it is. It's like the thirtieth, twenty ninth, whatever the last Saturday. Yeah, the last mm-hmm. Saturday of March. All right. Well, look, I'm drinking solidarity out of a pint glass right now, and I'm happy about it. Yeah, me too. You're welcome. Thank- what? Thanks, I babe. had to get it myself. What am I thinking you for? <laughs> well, they serve it in, for some reason twelve ounce glasses here, and I'm like, Eric. First of all, I talked to Aaron. I was like, "Why? Oh, okay. you, you, I can go to I can go to Eagle Rock and get this in a pint glass." <laughs> and then Eric goes, "Well, you know, let me know when they make beer." And he said some weird thing. I'm like, "But my pint glass, 
<laughs> why am I drinking the goblet? And Eric's like, dude, just ask for a, in a pint. They'll just yeah. pour in a pint for you. I'm like, oh. That was easy. I can do that. Yeah. So then I had Bev do it. <laughs> and then I brought him four four-ounce pours. That a girl. Uh, Warren. Yes. We have a Twitter game today, yes? We do. All right. Fee- uh, Twitter game is brought to you by the Wine and Hop Shop. Go uh, buy your wine and brewing supplies if you're making wine. Uh, making beer, I'm sure anything in between. But uh, when winemaking is very underrated. There's not a lot of people who talk about making wine. Yeah. It, it doesn't have as much of a, a following as, as home brewing. And I'd like to change that. And so with the wine and hot Are you going to start winemaking at home? I wine enough. I don't need. Uh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, uh, Warren. Uh, what is the Twitter game? Please. So, so now that we're uh, 10 days into December already, uh, I'm ready for a different holiday. And. I need ideas for what to be celebrating in two weeks. So instead of Christmas on the 25th, uh-huh. I'm going to be celebrating whatever the fine folks on Twitter have to say. Oh, okay. I need a new holiday. I'm bored with Christmas. It's been the <laughs> same for the last couple hundred Christmas years. Sweater. Yeah, Warren has an ugly sweater. <laughs> and uh, that's weird, real weird. But uh, okay, Twitter game today. Warren is tired of Christmas. Give him a new holiday to celebrate. Please and thank you. <laughs> How you tired of Christmas, man? So good. I love Christmas. But you know what I hate about Christmas? Let me tell you what I hate about Christmas. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. I hate that I love it. No, um, I hate getting gifts. Yeah? Because inevitably, I feel like when I get a gift, it's never what I want. And so then okay. I, where my brain goes is, oh, this person doesn't know who I am. <laughs> And I don't like that I do that, but this is why are you, uh, Kim's glaring at me with no. her like doll eyes that are just black, yeah. crossed arms like I'm done. You know what's really unfortunate about this is I totally know what you're saying because my coworkers, like I only have one decoration in my office, one decoration, and it is a dog calendar. And so the only thing that people should know about me that mm-hmm. they should gather, and I've been there for six and a half years, mind you, yeah. is that I love dogs. And I get a birthday card, and it's a cat card. Fuck yeah. And I just sat there, and I'm like, nope, I I'm feel like that's on purpose. Yeah. Is, are you sure that's not on purpose? I would do that on purpose. Would, yeah. If it was, I could appreciate it. My money would it never go to support the dog uh, conspiracy that is going on in this country. Not everything should be dogs. Not hmm. everything should be cats. No, but, but there's if you a love dogs, bump. it should freaking mm. be dogs. Well, you know, I appreciate that you are vibing with what I'm saying because, like, for example, you know, I do a Disney podcast with Beverly and a couple of people who will remain nameless. Uh, EarsUpPodcast.com. You should check it out. And uh, ever since that kind of podcast started, I get nothing but Disney themed shit. Because people think I'm a huge Disney fan, and I'm not. No, I'm a super fan. Yeah. Um, He's already got all that shit anyway. Right. Yeah. I, uh, why do I need doubles of, my, of Mickey Mouse earrings? I don't. I have. Yeah. I have a set. You could get another piercing in your ear. <laughs> my, my Prince Albert. Yeah. Like uh, Taryn's aunt, super sweet lady, got me a pair of custom. Custom, mind you, because the vans vans are run real small for me. Yeah. So I need a fourteen. Okay. You can only order those online, and they're like Mickey Mouse themed vans. Never nice. gonna wear. Them. Never gonna wear those. I think she confused my shoe size with my age. Like I'm never. I'm never gonna wear them. Oh, she got you a 41? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel real bad because she's super nice, but it's like, ah, and this is kind of a theme. And so then I, I write a list of my Christmas gifts, and I go, this is what, this is what I want. Uh, and I give it to people. You still make a Christmas list. Because people ask. You should see some of the weird uh, shit that I get. 
if, if I don't tell people this is kind of what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly like socks and underwear because I don't want anything. I have a kid. I don't, what am I going to, what do I, you know, I feel weird. I, I don't, what do I need? A Bose sound system? No, I don't. Right. I Who's going to buy you that? That's expensive. Nobody. Right. And then, so to come to find out, Taryn doesn't even send the fucking list to her family. So I know I'm going to get more Disney, you know, markers or something like that because I'm a child. Well, and in their you don't eyes. think it's weird that as as a forty something, you're still making Christmas lists? No, 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 okay. because they're asked. Santa. It's asked. <laughs> yeah, right. right, thank you. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not writing Santa Claus for God's sake. Okay, I'm sliding into Mrs. Claus DMs. Oh, all right. Um, he I mean, said he went to Mickey Mouse socks. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to put it on his list. That's one of the my list of grievances with Christmas is the weird social obligations of gift giving and things like that. I mean, I used to get you. We used to trade gifts, and then we don't anymore. And I'm okay yeah. with it. It's fine. Right, we're adults now. <laughs> But like we don't see, you. I don't really see you anymore. Yeah, so we moved away. So I'm like fine with it. Yeah, I don't give Bev anything. I see you often, but I'm not buying you a gift. I just want to be clear. <laughs> I'm buying you a gift. Oh shit. I'm buying, but see? you don't have to buy me anything. Mine, mine is a good gift. But I buy your your stupid kid a gift. I bought your kid a gift because I feel like when you have kids and your friends have kids, that's what you do. You buy kid gifts. You don't buy parent gifts. Is it a size 14 Mickey Mouse shoe? <laughs> it is. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I don't know, man. Christmas is weird, dude. Can't you just re-gift some of those 14-size shoes? <laughs> to whom? To whomst? I don't know. Some other friend that doesn't send out a list? <laughs> <laughs> Someone else who's not, who has size 14 vans? Right. Yeah, can you send me your list? <laughs> I'll no? send you my list. Send me your list. It's a lot of tiki stuff, honestly, right well, now. Well, actually, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because we want to turn our uh, our dining room into like a tiki room. Oh, cool. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, a tiny dining room is boring. And, well, got a tiki, uh, and we ne- we never fucking use it because, you know, we ne- we eat on the couch. And then if we don't eat on the couch, we have a nook that we have a, the yeah. table in. Like, we don't have dinner parties. The most people we've ever had over to eat is four. Well, aren't the Rainforest Cafe shutting down? I feel like you could get a pretty good deal. Uh, uh, Open back up. It's opening back up. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because I hold downtown Disney Hotel. Fill the China cabinet with tiki mugs. It'd be great. Yeah, I have a whole thing. I got a whole thing. Great. So uh, I'll send you my list, Bev. It'll be fine. Excellent. You can give me a gift of therapy. <laughs> you'll give me that? You'll give you me... You can buy six sessions. <laughs> Man, can you imagine? I'm sure there are therapists out there that have gift cards, right? I mean, come oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> do you make a red? Do you make an online registry so that way people can just go to like... Target.com. No, I make like a Google Doc, and then I give it to Taryn, and then I expect her to hand it out to her family. But I'm going to get like some dumb coat. Uh, I know I'm going to get something or like a, a, a bottle of vodka. And it's like, why? <laughs> I heard Here, you like tiki drinks. Yeah, here's some vodka. Here's a six pack of beer. Like, why am I getting all these stupid gifts? Maybe they just know you better than you know yourself. They're giving you what you need. <laughs> Shit. Not what you want. Vodka. Here's a bottle of vodka. It's what you need. Here's a bottle of vodka and a razor blade. <laughs> <laughs> and divorce papers. <clears throat> kidding uh feedback today is brought to you by the beer law center you know it's not too late everybody if you want to buy someone a gift a loved one even or a liked one who knows um a tolerated one yes you can go actually to our amazon link go to amazon and buy the beer law center beer law book oh what do you think of that that's helping us out twice. I think so, too. So a feedback today is brought to you by Beer Law Center. John helps us out with our uh, our logo, 
that gets ripped off apparently a lot. But I don't know oh, about yeah. it. Jay just kind of keeps it all, you know, I don't need to know about it. But uh, so I, I can't give you any specifics, which is probably why I don't know about it. Because mm. I would just sit here and name all the people <laughs> that are stealing the friggin' yeah. logo. But Air your grievances. Yeah. This first one is from Chris, and it's entitled Janet's Brown Ale. So, Tasty? Yep. This one's for you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was going to say something like, all right, someone poke Tasty, wake him up. But I didn't want to, like, be insulting. But um, I wanted to ask you about Tasty's Janet's Brown Ale BJCP category. On the session with Civil Life Brewing Company, Justin mentioned that the brown ale you were tasting was similar to Tasty's Janet's Brown. Tasty quickly denied the comparison, stating that Janet's was more of a brown IPA, not really a brown ale per se. So the question I have is, in the book Brewing Classic Styles, Jamil and John Palmer have Tasty's recipe as an example of an American brown ale. Just curious if it fits the style guidelines and would be worth entering in a competition under another category. Has Janet's brown ale won competitions in the American brown ale category? I just started to fall in love with the style and was going to make this recipe. Just wanted some clarification. Thanks for everything you guys do. And maybe Jamil will be a guest on the show in the near future. Chris. Jamil. That'd be great. Jamil. Jamazel. A lot of questions there. Uh, Brewing Strong Incorporated. First off, it did win an award in 2004. It took first in, that time it was brown ales. It had English, northern brown, English brown. Northern, southern brown. Mm. Then it had American brown in the same category. So it took first in that category as an American brown ale. Okay. At 6.5%, really, really bold. And uh, I got some word from the judging floor that there was a lot of confusion about that beer. Uh, somebody was thinking it might be more like a porter than, a, than an American brown. I think what's generally construed as an American brown ale today, I don't think the beer would have placed in, in, uh, in the uh, American brown ale category. Interesting. Now, you mentioned the BJCB guideline. The only BJCB guideline that's mentions Janice Brown Ale is in the uh, in the IPA category, the brown IPA. Uh, it's got uh, Russian River Janice Brown Ale as a classic example, which, is, of course, is kind of silly because it's the season, it's a one-off, I mean, like a collaboration period, which we used to do once a year, but we don't we missed a couple of years now. Yeah. Anyway, so you can't even get the beer. So, like, what's the purpose of a classic example if you can't get one and see if you can make I, it? I, I'm sure there's a bunch of them out there. Yeah. So yeah. you can't get it. Right. So, um, yeah, I would if I would take, go ahead and take the Janice Brown Ale recipe, and I would just make it at, at more like six percent or five point eight or something like that. Drop the ABV. Yeah, lower the ABV. On. And then it would be American Brown. Right. You think you yeah. wouldn't have to change the hops? Oh uh, yeah, I would. I would lower. Yeah, I would lower the the, the IBUs to match. Although you, okay. you mean change like style hops? Well, I just meant the intensity. If, oh, if he's okay. putting it in the brown IPA category, if you want it to be a brown ale, I would imagine you'd want to, want to lower that. You want to generally be balanced. Now, yeah. when I, I make a, uh, like I mentioned this on, back on that last show, I make a, a, a session version of it, but it's got the same 65 IBUs as the as the regular version has. I just put more body into the beer by using a lot of low-level crystal mm. and a high, uh, high uh, mash temperature, and I have the body to match a 6, 6.5% beer. But uh, that way, that's the way I can put the hops in to match it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You get all that, Warren? I got it. All right. Hopefully Chris did. <laughs> well, I mean, I just say go ahead and make a traditional, you know, like 6% uh, brown ale, and it'd be great. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Chris, well, hey, man, good luck. God bless. Luck. Kim, Thanks do you want to chime in on that? You have something to say about the uh, brown ale category? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I heard all the words, mm-hmm. and I feel like I know all those words. Mm-hmm. I don't know all those words put together. Mm-hmm. 
Same. <laughs> uh, well, that was it for feedback, everybody. Oh, what? really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're getting better. Yes. <laughs> Why am I sick? What we have don't you read heard? The complaint list. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that was it, man. There's not a whole lot of. We don't get a whole lot of feedback lately, Kim. Should you we, should write in feedback, Kim. Should we give each other feedback? <laughs> yeah, a one minute positivity <laughs> session. So. Oh yeah. no, Warren. So I like your work. sweater. Okay. <laughs> Is this a compliment sandwich? You dressed yourself very well today. <laughs> yeah. I put it on the right direction. Yeah. The shoulder right pads out. are a nice touch. Yeah. It's candies. I stole it. <laughs> Is it really? Probably. They're shoulder pads, right? Get... You're going to stretch it out. <laughs> yeah. With those broad shoulders of You're yours. You're welcome. Swimmer's shoulders. Don't worry. I'll flex later and rip it off. <laughs> Please do. I fucking hope you do that. That'd be amazing. Um, all right. What do you think? Take a break. Is that all right with you guys? Yeah. Sure, we do breaks. Um, maybe we can uh, go to the restroom. Together? Okay. Well, Kim's Stafford over tree. here talking about Stafford, <laughs> Stafford Tree. We uh, start now. When we come back, we're going to have the folks from Hidden Mother Brewing out of Spokane, Washington. We're talking tree beers. We're talking saisons. We're talking tacos. Mm, tacos. We'll be right You're back. listening to the Brewcasters, Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid, cleaners, star sand, Santa clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the five-star treatment today. Hey, motherfuckers, this is Doug from fucking Society. You're listening to the session on the fucking Bruin Network. Fuck you. All right. 
right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Before we get to the Hidden Mother Brewery, I want to tell you guys about the Branding Brews podcast. It's a deep inside look at everything that revolves around branding and marketing a brewery. Branding Brews interviews industry professionals covering in-depth strategies and topics like labels, packagings, websites, social media contents, trademarks, marketings, plus much more. Whether you are in sales and marketing, if you own a breweries, or you're looking to start a breweries, Branding Brews is a podcast for you. Go to brandingbrews.com or subscribe to the show wherever you'd like to get your podcast. I don't know why I decided to read it like an idiot, but I did. All right, we have Mike and Remington here from the Hidden Mother Brewery. How you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Get right on that god. There right you go. There we the go. Exactly. Pull, just pull, just pull yeah. to you. Be comfortable, man. We want you to be as comfortable in here as possible. But get uncomfortable with the mic. It goes all the way back, oh, man. All the way back. <laughs> you can there actually lay vertically on the ground oh, or horizontal, I, I guess. Lay vertically. I think that's called standing. It's called standing. <laughs> Can we just mention real fast that uh, Kim Shimke is here on a date? Can I stand? Can I we just we mention did. that I real think fast? We just did. Kim Shimke's with someone on a date. Oh! Great end of segment. Yeah. You brought your date to work. What's his name? That's my boyfriend. Your boyfriend. Oh. Wow. Wow, and we still haven't met him. <laughs> yeah, we and I've tried to wrong. keep that that way for a very long time. How long have you guys been a thing? Three months. Oh, that's nice. He doesn't have an anchor for Which a hand, so already he doesn't so look anything like our drawing. Uh, yeah. just another half hour. I want to meet him. Was this, Gracie hasn't come out yet. So. Was this a cuff, was this a cuffing season acquisition, or was it just like a normal thing? Um, yeah, I guess normal. As much as normal can be with me, I suppose. Good job, Jesus. <laughs> He found me in the gutter after a therapy session, and I knew that he was the one for me. He still hasn't left. <laughs> uh, okay, well, good job, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Step up from the Tinder swipes, I suppose. <laughs> well, I'll give your thumb a rest, man. <laughs> all right, so Mike and Remington, let me tell you about yourselves. I know all about you guys. Actually, I don't. There's, like, nothing online because you guys have only been open since February. That's yeah, true. we're pretty much babies in the game. We're just yeah. doing our thing. We kind of came out of the gates and hit it full throttle. Yeah? We're just running. That's part of the business plan. Yeah, pretty much. Just fuck shit up. <laughs> really well thought out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in Spokane. You're up in Washington, right? Yep. Um, initially, the whole project started off with how can we do full estate beers. So at this point, we have a bunch of hops in the ground. We're working on grains. Focus is really going towards the spontaneous beers. But mm-hmm. in... In our production and everything that we've done so far, we we just made a dent immediately in the market up there. So we're we're just making beer and cranking it out and running capacity. Hey, f- full estate beer. So you're trying to grow all your ingredients on the property? Yeah. So basically, um, we're, we're working on getting uh, two cool ships done. And uh, we have about 2,500 hop rhizomes in the ground now. Wow. We're working on that. <laughs> you literally hit the ground, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, this it was it was basically a five year project. I I sold my house in Oakland and took all the cash that I had from that, and I built the tanks with a friend out of Oakland. Wow! We built a six barrel system. Took about four years to get all that done, and then we built the structure. It was a twenty four year old kid up in northern Idaho that came down, and he and I cranked out all the construction on our building, and that whole place is going to be basically wild fermentation and. Just some really cool, crazy stuff. Wow. That's incredible. So you were a Bay Area kid. I was, well, I, I didn't grow up around here. I was down here for about 12 years working at a bakery in Berkeley. Okay. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not that far of a stretch, I guess. Really yeah. not. You but, stole the nation, just mm-hmm. it's a blast. Yeah. You sold your house in Oak- and built everything out of Teslas, I would imagine, because <laughs> the housing much. market out of here is pretty yeah. good. That's crazy. So this is a project that you've been working on for a long time. Yep. It's yeah. been a while. Wow. How'd you meet uh, Remington over here? So Remington's dad was a... Uh, he, he was a liquor rep, and I was running a tap house called Crafted Tap House up in Coeur d'Alene. Okay. Um, when they kicked off, I was in charge of their beverage, and all their all their liquid that was going in there is 50 taps. It went to 90 taps, and I really took it as like— God. A, <laughs> Can you well, imagine 90 taps? Oh, it was such a blast. We, um, we basically—you know, we had, we had 40 dedicated to one-offs, and so I, I really understand coming from the brewing industry— how important it is to show that you're supporting a brand by running their core beers in order to earn what you can out of their cellars. So basically, hmm. I pick about 10 to 20 breweries that I really loved and run with that and basically use that as a way to get into their cellars and crank things out. So we had we had some pretty insane things. We had like four-year verticals of Big Bad Baptist. We had, we had verticals of B-Bomb from Fremont. I mean, it just just some really crazy things, and a lot of that was basically because we ran those companies correctly. Okay, so you're saying that your model was to get their cores, and then you could have access to stuff that maybe other people don't. Well, it's more just don't don't try Is that to, right? don't try to cherry pick everything that everyone's after. It's more yeah, and, okay. and show show basically show that you support a brand in the right way. I mean, from a buyer's standpoint, a lot of people are really looking at it from how can I get this and get something out of it. What I looked at it as is how do we create a really good partnership and work off of each other to build something beautiful and run with it. Wow. So we did. That was pretty badass. <laughs> I mean, we, we, did, we did 24 Firkins, and one day it was like we, we went nuts on this. And, and there's was, a market for that in Coeur d'Alene. You know I, I don't know I where is I, was Idaho. Where's Coeur d'Alene? I don't know where the fuck yeah, Coeur d'Alene. I'm it's stupid. Just, just outside of Spokane, Washington. Yeah, Idaho is right? at this point. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's yeah. It, a a it, lot of that stuff is how how can you artistically execute an idea and run with it? And it I doesn't it was, seem like that is an area that would be I don't know could could put up a ninety tap bar. I, I mean, I that seems it's, crazy, it's, with, especially with Firkins. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's yeah. um, when I when I started that project, no one up there even knew what a sour beer was. I was walking into a Bud Light culture, like a Bud Light Coors Light culture, that basically these people had no idea what they were doing. And uh, within a year, I introduced sours to that just by basically bringing in Anderson Valley and running with something that's sort of like a good intro, like here you go. Yeah, running to the point where we had we had stuff from Belgium. I mean, all the, we we didn't have any of the really crazy rare stuff, but we were able to do some some pretty dang cool Flemish reds or browns, and we, we had a nine tap takeover immediately out of the gates on straight sours. Dude, a sour brown ale in a Bud Light County like that seems <laughs> it worked. It, it turned everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, How it long more, ago was that? Uh, that was about. 
five years ago, roughly four or five years ago. I would have I, I would have thought early two thousands. The way he's talking about it, Warren. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're talking about Northern Idaho. They're right. about forty yeah. years behind in Idaho. Are so there st- we're we're ahead of times in Idaho. With that. <laughs> we're in the future. <laughs> yeah. Are there still pockets like that that are that you think that 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 craft can sort of infiltrate and convert? I suppose and and have it be. Have it work out? Well, in my opinion, absolutely. I think um, when, when you look at these markets, it's really funny because we're, we're expanding at a really super fast rate. We're mm-hmm. getting 60 barrel fermenters. We're looking at packaging. And I'm looking at what is untapped in a way that we can work with it. And I'm not scared of bringing sand to the beach with any of these markets that are saturated. So I'd love to be in the Bay Area, Portland, Seattle, all these places that have good good beer spots. But the other side of it is... How do you guarantee a sale that, that's going to be able to move your beer? Hmm. And how do you do it in a way that someone else hasn't done? And a lot of that is you hit the ground, you go out, you rep it, you really, really show your beer in the way that it's supposed to be shown. But the other side of that is you really have to pick these markets correctly. And I think a lot of these markets that haven't been hit with the rapid growth in the brewery industry, if you can hit them correctly – and you can really do it in a way that, that I guess, just hits the right timing and you can persuade people to move from a Bud Light into what you're doing. Yeah. As long as you're creating an approachable beer, you're totally fine. So you're saying lots of free bottle openers at bars. Yep. Okay. We just got a patent on a, on a really, really cool little machine called the Wheelbarrow. Oh, shit. And it's, um, Hell it's yeah. essentially... It's, <laughs> We, we took a box dolly and built it in a way where you got two six dolls underneath it. Oh, you're being serious right now. I'm dead serious. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it, it, it feeds up. I mean, this thing, this thing is gorgeous. Okay. We just made, just made one for Bale Breaker out of Yakima. And the, I mean, this what thing does is, it do? is rad. It's basically a portable jockey box. It's gorgeous. Aren't jockey boxes portable inherently, though? <laughs> this one's more portable. Oh. It's, got, it's got wheels. <laughs> it's a rocket ship. <laughs> yeah. So what does it what does it do again? Did it go through? Because I was I was busy going. I can't tell if he's serious or not. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> I'm rarely Is it the serious. Because you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, <it's, laughs> we're having a, 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 a thorough conversation about penetrating craft beer markets right. to a guy in a taco. <laughs> yeah. All right. We can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Points for the pun. <laughs> nice. Um, no, it's literally a, a portable jockey box off of the basically the front of a box dolly with a third wheel welded on the back. Okay. That as you lean the dolly back, the third wheel bounces out. Oh, okay. And everything's set. Like so for you, um, like big like CO two tanks and shit, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, for basically a five pound CO two tank is how we built it. Okay. Um, things Damn. really cool. But wow. It's been it's been a pretty useful tool with what we've been doing. We've been hitting beer festivals and rolling around and. We we have a reputation for being kind of crazy at these things. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Um, <laughs> you have Remington hold people what? on either side of his mustache? I mean, we... I <laughs> cool. yeah. I'll, I'll divert that one to Rem. Go, what do we do? I mean, we're definitely known for... Uh, we like to go to Goodwill. Okay. Okay. We're, we're definitely Goodwill shoppers. All right. And we find... 
point A. Find taco outfits. Very, uh, very ridiculous outfits. This came from Beer Revolution earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca put me in this. It's rad. Hey, but, uh, you know... Hawaiian shirts and bright colored slacks. And All right, so you guys are, are, are trying to draw a crowd. You guys are bringing people over there, we try just being and, out there. We and, try and remind people that it's just beer, man. Yeah. Like, it's it's just beer. Have fun with it. So when we're at events, we just try and have fun. It's funny because, like, we're, we're not really just trying to draw a crowd to us. We're more, this is what we want to do with these things because this is what should be happening right now. And it's could be amazing. So let's do it. Do you think? Do you think the really? Do you think the fun in craft beer has kind of gone away a little bit? I would know. I'm no? having a blast. Okay, you don't even care. No. Yeah. All right, the second you're watching someone else, you're falling behind. Damn. <laughs> Why is Taco over here? Yeah, I just, got, <laughs> I just got an inspirational quote from a Taco. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! Because <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I feel like that's something that would have happened like 10 years ago at a beer fest, right? Where it's like a 20, we have 20, 20 breweries at this waterfront beer fest. And yeah. then there's one brewery uh, or a bunch of breweries like trying to bring some levity to the situation. But um, I, I think everyone maybe is too focused on bringing crowds or, or, or sales or penetrating a market. And these guys are here wearing Hawaiian shirts and sombreros and tacos. Yeah. I do think that it's kind of gotten more of the, the business and corporate vibe. Mm-hmm. Now that the craft industry is growing up. Yeah. Everyone in work shirts, please. Right. right yeah. Please. Company branded work shirts. <laughs> polos. Yeah. yeah. Polos. Big, big move, dude. Mm. You guys wear polos? You have company branded polos? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah you see them. <laughs> <laughs> the fact I have a company branded shirt on right now is impressive. Yeah. We were talking before and he's like, I don't know. I feel like someone had to rep the company. So I wore my logo shirt. That's better than I've done in all these things. <laughs> So okay, so you open in February. Yep. What are you focusing on? So um, so the goal with this whole project, in in my mind, and yeah, I, I get it. I'm the founder and all that, and I, I understand that you have to you have to be able to adjust to what you're doing in this industry and make it make sense. Okay. Um, what I really want to focus on is doing spontaneous beers. And my dream job, if I can figure out how to delegate in a way. To allow me to do this, I literally just want to basically work with barrels and blend. Um, so right now, the next step is we're we're flipping to employee owned after this after this expansion. Oh damn! And I'm I'm really you know it, it's funny because every bit that I've put into this project, it, it really hasn't come from any kind of selfish like capitalist point of view of how can I make millions of dollars and run with this. It's more. You know, I, I really love beer, and this is my favorite part of beer, so that's really what I want to do, and that's what I'm going to kind of chase. Sour beers. And that's your jam. Sours, and yeah, I mean, basically everything that involves letting the beer wear the pants in the relationship and creating a situation <laughs> where where you're not in control of it and you have to work with it. I really enjoy that. Okay. And, and to me, that that it's just a different element. Yeah. It goes back to the basics. That's what... So what everyone in the Flemish side of Belgium and originally it's it's what what all those guys and you know the monks it's what they do right I appreciate that that's a good that's a good take on it because yeah. like you were saying it's not uh, worn uh, uh, you know it's got business side of oriented right right the, the industry is kind of like well more business these guys are more about the beer and I mean are you guys one of those people one of those breweries who like are brewing beers that people are demanding. 
You know, <laughs> the, the, the hazy chase Never or the haze. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. So, so yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty funny. We, um, the, the way we kind of model this, we, we brew what we want to drink mm-hmm. in considering how hardcore we are as alcohol. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My wheelbarrow is for my liver. My wheelbarrow is awesome. I have a jockey box on it. We we literally build build our recipes most of the time the morning of the beer, and a lot of it's based on, well, you know what feels right right now is this. And then we'll execute it. We're on a smaller system right now. Oh, so you guys are like a, hippies, dude. You're hippies of beer right now. It's, we don't have a core funny. beer list. So beer happens. Without having a core beer list, we on our brew day, we go in, we look at the ingredients that we have on hand, we look at the yeast that we have to work with, and we think and you about go to town. a beer that we want to make, and we make it happen. That's got to be kind of refreshing. In a it's, way to not go well, more, you know you're on though, you're man. on the second deck for the uh, third brew, the third turn of the IPA or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, are you ever going to get there? Do you think? I mean, is that the sign of a big craft brewery? Do you have so, to be at that point to be successful, or can you? Do you think you guys can? So it's really funny because um, make it. when 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 I personally look at this, I think you have to have an element of that. You have to have an element of control. You have to you have to understand that product and know that. When you distribute out to a market that you don't have someone that's completely involved with what you're doing, they have to know how to sell your beer. Mm-hmm. So I've I've seen the stress pains going into even the Idaho market with our distributor. They're like, what What are we selling? It's you know, it's not. It's not like it's like sweet. We got this. Yeah. And, and what's the incentive to sell it? You know, if we can create a cult following that shows that we're consistently good and figure out a way to do base beers that are going to work in the market. I mm-hmm. think it's a really interesting angle that I'm willing to explore. But so, re- yeah, go ahead. Oh, the the reality of that is with 60 barrel fermenters, we're going to have to get some sort of core. Cause sure. You can't, you can't just go, hey, sweet, we're going to crank out the 60 barrel batch and hopefully it works out. Because, uh, <laughs> we're going to show up and figure it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, there you go, Seattle. <laughs> like, yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Right. So, is, um, it, is it distributors are, are, are just inherently kind of category focused where they need to walk into an account knowing how your beer is categorized and you guys don't really fit that? Is well, that the, the growing pains you're talking you know, about? No, I... I we, we're growing a lot faster than we expected, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of that was after the Washington Beer Awards. We we started started in February. It was just me for a long time. Brought Remington on March. In uh, June at the Washington Beer Awards, we take a gold and a silver medal in the experimental category, and all of our beers aside from one. So there were nine submissions. Eight of them made it to the medal rounds. Wow! And in going from like twenty fifth. In the Jeez, lineup, dude. in in on the Friday before we started, like when, when they basically from Friday to Sunday, we became the most visited stand at the Washington Beer Awards, and that just kind of opened <laughs> our eyes to sweet, we got to do something. It's yeah, like we, we got to be able to feed this market because there's a lot of demand. Do you expect that? I mean, do you go in expecting to get some sort of buzz around what you're doing, or did you even think about it? Like, again, I, I would again, be totally we're, we're, not thinking about it because you know, I hate myself. It's funny. We're, we're not a competition brewery. Mm-hmm. We, um, we really love what we're doing. And when we go to those things, honestly, we're just having a blast. And by doing that, I think we represent our brand better than trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it works both sides. We have a blast and it sells because we're having a blast 
So it, it just it's a really really sweet setup. So going to that thing, there were no yeah. expectations. It was like, mm-hmm. can we make it to the top twenty? How can we do this? Um, I mean, we, I, we, I remember Mike talking to me before the before the Washington Beer Awards. He was asking me we had to we had to become top twenty in the Washington Beer Awards to get automatically invited back. Out of how many? What are we like out of twenty uh, one? This year it was hundred. <laughs> the year before it was out of one hundred and fifty, I believe. Yep. So out of all hundred, you need to be in the top twenty, top 20 to be invited back. To automatically be invited back. So okay. I remember yeah. he, okay. you know, he hit me up and it was like we gotta we gotta do something crazy to get to get people to come to our yeah. stand. No one knows who we are. You know, we're so new. So we actually shit in every bottle. It was weird. <laughs> you should have seen it. Everyone else's beer. It's amazing what bacteria can pull off of shit. It's insane. No one knew. We're yeah. not on the air, right? Jokes on them. Who would have thought? Yeah. So uh so we made a hazy pilsner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to punch you. Get out of my studio right now. How dare you? How dare you sully the, the best beer on here? <laughs> no, but uh, it actually turned out to be the number one selling beer at the entire festival. We made a pomegranate lime pilsner, and we put worm salt on the rim. Worm salt? Worm salt. What is that? So uh, it's basically salt with organic agave worms cured in it. And what it does is it. What's an agave worm? <laughs> so, so do you know uh, mezcal? Yeah. Uh, the worm that's inside there. It's the same worm, but they basically. Oh, uh, okay. So All right. It, what worm it does that it, feeds yeah. off the agave plant its entire life, and then uh, they cure it in salt and make a salt out of it. it now it actually sounds fucking tasty. <laughs> oh, oh man, it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, does it have yeah, a worm here? Yeah, right. Or, yeah, what does the worm taste like? Yeah, yeah. More closely what described as side by side, worm no worm. But right. I <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Basically, it's almost like a smoke element on. Hmm. I, you know, I'm a big fan of mushrooms, and, and <laughs> I couldn't tell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he died our uh, our next retreat, and when we all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, my name is Mike, and I'll be your uh, mushroom guide. Oh, through, your astral guide? Yeah, <laughs> through the realms of reality and beyond, man. Look at the worms, bro. <laughs> Today, we're going to make a beer out of like out of reality, man. It'll be really great. Um, and then, uh, anyway. You'll be tasting Turn your aura. Up, Remington. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take grated aura and put it over the mash tun. It was oh, killer. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, it, I like the little pun there too <laughs> <laughs> worm salt can you buy worm salt or did you like you know weirdos I just go you know what we should do well you know you know what the motivation <laughs> came from i was in an account so so basically in the course of like two weeks we opened up over 30 accounts without any reputation in spokane and i went to one spot and the guy his name is Lee J. Wolfgang Junker. He does he does sure. all of our artwork. Yeah, yeah. The okay. guy is the guy is one of the best artists out there. Okay. He did, like he'll print shirts for any event that we're doing. He screen prints them, he does all this, and he's he's part of our team. He had mentioned that there was something called worm salt, and I had never heard of it. Bro. So uh, <laughs> I, he just he just microdosed everyone at the Washington Beer Awards. <laughs> Well, so I rolled into a place in they had worm salt. So I, I got a, in Spokane or in Washington. In Spokane, it was Jimmy. a taco joint. <laughs> tacos. So why don't you talk about it? I'm doing that right now. It's fantastic. Dude, yeah, sal de guasano agave worm salt. Huh? And this stuff is amazing. So basically, I got a margarita with a 
with with the worm salt. There's a little bit of heat to it. And okay. I thought, man, we got to build a beer that works with this, or or use it with a beer that works like somehow. This is this is because they put awful. chili. It looks like uh, dried oxak and chilies. Yep. So the one we used oh. did not have any kind of chilies. Okay. Um, but I think it would have been better with a chili. Dude, I want a, I want a worm salt right now. So a pomegranate <laughs> lime pilsner with That's, worm salt. That sounds that sounds what amazing. What doesn't sound awesome about that? I mean, pomegranate lime, okay, with the with the salt, eh, okay, sure, but the worm salt with that oh. extra with those extra layers in there, right? I mean, we had people coming up to our yeah. booth at that point, being like, "You guys have the pink colored." Thing with the something on the rim. <laughs> Everybody else is drinking. Yeah. yeah, that's the name of the beer. I mean, it was. Right, a, yeah. We we literally had probably 150 people in line most of the time. Wow. Just in for that for us, you know, you got to stay humble and you got to you got to see the stuff for what it is. And sweet, we hit something that that worked, but you also have to understand, like that that isn't going to carry your company unless you can do that and maintain it, which is impossible. Right. So um, it, it was just a really good Kickstarter for us to really kick into gear for expansion and how to do this. The main goal is how to sustain a system that that'll allow us to do the spontaneous beers. Okay. And and if we get if we can pull that off, that's that's literally the dream come true, and that's it. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean that like, sounds that sounds killer, man. Were you um, you were talking about estate beers and growing stuff on the property? Yep. Are you into farming at all? Is that something that interests you, or is it just the means to an end to get to where you want to be? Well, it's funny. That's that's a really interesting question. That's the first time I've been asked that. Hell um, yeah, dude! <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! Um, a lot of people have known about this project, and sort of the motivation was. Cool. You know, we were growing hops down here in Berkeley, California, when I was living down here. We were, we were doing our beers where we chop them off. and do, But, you know, that's a lot different than commercial growing. Mm. And the idea of doing full estate beers is pretty pretty unreasonable. So initially it was like, you know, we got all this land. Um, I before, before I went up to build this brewery, I had almost moved to Hawaii and started a chicken farm. And I'd gotten really... <laughs> <laughs> almost. Yeah, almost. <laughs> um, but I, I really, <laughs> you know what there's not enough of on Hawaii? The chickens wouldn't fly close. Where, where, where do you have yeah. to be in life to be like, you know what I should do? <laughs> but but you got to think about it. Like, Check it out, a man. Chicken, a chicken is always in demand. Everyone wants to cook a chicken. Everyone wants eggs. Everyone, you know, like it was like, walk this here. easy. Yeah. So it was check between, it out. Yeah. I got a sweet I got a sweet deal on a farm in Hawaii. <laughs> I'm gonna open a chicken farm. <laughs> that pretty much defines <laughs> That was the business plan. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. No, and someone um, said, Hey Mike, no, what you should do is buy a bunch of land and make beer. And I'm like, Okay. Can I put chickens yeah. on it? And, and check this out. It's not in Hawaii. It's in Washington. Yeah. I was like, where could I move that has a similar climate? I still wonder if I screwed up on this one. <laughs> no, no, but really, like, yeah. to, to tie back into what the connection is there, when I was looking oh, at that, there was a farmer off of the East Coast. His name is Joel Salatin, who does a bunch of different workshops okay. on how to poly farm and rotate everything correctly. And the idea going up there was, sweet, how can we do something that's kind of running off of this piece of property and, and do it from a point where we can grow things, utilize them, 
And at the same time, sure, it's not going to be what we're doing 100% of the time, but use it as a marketing direction to sell the hell out of what we're doing. Right. So it's not cutting a corner or faking anything. Like, we're we're going for it. But it, it's, it was like that, that was kind of where it all started and kind of where it's developed. I and mean, we, we've outgrown what we can possibly do on that land. With 60 barrels, I would imagine. You never want to say die on those types of projects. It's no. kind of like, well, I mean, you're, why not? You're, right. you're, you're looking for a layer, like an extra layer to bring to the table, and, and you kind of need that in this industry. When, when and it you, sounds like a, a beer farm, essentially, is would be great. When you look at what, what Bailbreaker did with their brewery inside of a hop, farm right. if you guys are familiar with that place mm. just the marketing basically um so uh it's a uh, loftus ranches up in yakima they put a mm-hmm. brewery in there it's the, it's the quinn family right 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 and uh you know bail breaker top cutter bottom cutter leo to me all that yeah that was warren's nickname in high school by the way top cutter bottom cutter oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically the way they marketed it is we're on a hop farm, and it immediately sells. And, and just mm. from a marketing standpoint, it's, it's so simple to hit that. Yeah. So it's like if you can back that story and do it in that way, Hell yeah. you have a way to sell and create way more demand than most of the local breweries that are popping up and doing things. Right. Okay. So, so that was one of the things. It's like don't cut corners, yeah. do our thing, and just create a brand that's crazy. Did you know about hop farming, or did you have to research? You bring someone in? Um, well, only only from homebrewing and growing hops. So you um, did it yourself. So I, I'm dealing with uh, Carbon Ranches out of Yakima right now. They're the ones okay. who have been the biggest resource. Yeah. Um, it looks like we're going to sponsor a yard up there. We're getting a yard that Stone Brewing was, was sponsoring last year, possibly, but not sure if that's going through or not. Wow. But um, yeah, So that I mean, whole we, yard will gotten, be your... Yep. One wow. acre of stuff that we're breeding, and these are the guys that created Simcoe, Citra. Oh, for for breeding. Yep. Yeah. Oh wow. So so would you work? Yeah. Okay, so you you would work with them on yep. new all, hop varieties all the, and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Wow. Look at you guys. And basically, Jeez. Try, try to try to get our specific variety that we can run with. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. And you haven't been open a year. Right. Well, it's really funny because we're not even a hop forward brewery. Like, <laughs> right. we're not even focused yeah. on hops. Your, your one acre of hops will go very far in your safe <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's amazing um, how many years I can get out of this. Yeah. <laughs> hops are great, man. Yeah. I grew them 14 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so we have a beer in front of us, and I want to get to it a little bit before it gets uh, any warmer than it is. Um, but let's talk about this here for a second, and then uh, maybe we can uh, take a break after and have some more beers. You so know, I, do the show. I oh, like beer. Yeah. Go for it, Remington. Uh, this is... Get right on that mic there, <clears throat> Remington, please. Sorry. I like right. lean back with this thing. Lean back. There you go. Uh, so we don't necessarily, like we said, we don't have a core list by mm-hmm. any means, but if we were to have a flagship beer... This would probably be it, I guess. Okay. Um, this is our Pine Tree Pink Peppercorn Saison. So, in, in our in our neck of the woods, all the way, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of flags, we actually made a flagpole out of the top of one of the trees that we used for this beer. Um, I don't doubt it. But there are a lot of pine trees up in our neck of the woods, so we cut down a pine tree the morning of our brew day, 
it's usually about a 17 to 23 foot section that of tree that we use, and we cut a big V down the whole length of it. Okay, sounds so, easy. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. easy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know why easy. nobody else does yeah. it. Yeah. You do it with an axe, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so the first two years, nope. I did it all by hand. Yeah, the first couple of times ass. we did. <laughs> it was like like a chisel, and yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> you didn't regret Bro. it after the first time. <laughs> Anyway, it makes good beers. Go ahead. Uh, so then we fill the whole length of this trough, this luge, out of we fill it with the pine needles from the tree that we chopped down. Okay. And then at the end of our boil, we kind of run the beer out of our boil kettle, out through our whirlpool arm, down through this luge filled with pine needles, down into a grant that feeds back to a pump that feeds back to the bottom of our boil kettle. And we just kind of recircuit that way for, I mean, we go off flavor, but it turns out to be about 45, 55 minutes that okay. we recircuit this way, just back into the, it, essentially the end of our boil for this beer. Okay. All right. So the wort's still hot when it's doing that. Right. So the hot wort pulls a lot more of that pitch, that pine flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, I mean, this batch, we actually torched the needles as it was going down the luge to actually pull more of those volatile oils out of the pine needles itself. Wow. Hmm. Does that affect the beer at all? Are you getting maybe some more, like, you don't get any or colonization or, or anything no. like that? Okay. No, not out of the flame. Hmm. Uh, hmm. You really just get more of that really piney, resiny flavor from the tree itself. And then after that, we bring it back to a boil to repasteurize it. And then we add uh, crushed pink peppercorns at the very end of the boil. So one of the things I was really anal about, and the reason why I did this by hand initially, and as he came on, we were doing them by hand, Yeah, um, was what kind of outputs from oil and what kind of bad characteristics can you pull by using in a machine on this? And I was paranoid about, you know, if you're using something with oil, bar oil, all that stuff, like, this is going to negatively affect it. So I'm... Um, it kind of came to me. We were deep frying turkeys, and I thought of it, and I was like, you know what? A canola oil is super, super high temperature resistant. Mm-hmm. So I swapped, and I bought a new chainsaw. It was an electric chainsaw, so there's no gas output. Ran it with canola oil, and basically we can cut these things now and do it at a fast rate hmm. in a way that doesn't have any sort of contamination that's not food grade. So basically any of the oil on the barbs or anything yeah. is is totally fine. Huh. God damn. <laughs> food grade wow. cheese oil. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this is something Warren, this is like Warren's like previous life he should have been living. This yeah. is like Warren's alternate timeline. He, he's living my best life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you're, and you're here with shoulder pads on. Right. Well, I'm festive. <laughs> And you're saying this is a saison, huh? Well, I'm not getting that. What's the malt bill? It seems like it has much more of a pale malt rather than. So it's uh, uh, it's predominantly predominantly pilsner. Um, the little bit of rye in there, it's it's about. So we're doing a five barrel batch. It's 330 pounds of pilsner, 40, 40 pounds of rye, a little bit of victory, a little bit of carapels, and that's pretty much it. And a little bit of Munich. A little bit of Munich in there, yeah. Munich or or Vienna. Whichever one is on hand. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever. Sometimes okay. we don't use anything. Again, we build our recipes morning other. <laughs> we, we've done different variations, and they all bring something really interesting every time we do it. It's like, wow, this is kind of rad. How are you going to do 60 barrels of this, first of all? Are you going to? Are you looking for ways to streamline this to to 
be able to offer bigger batches. This beer is really good. Yeah. This beer is really good. I need more of it. Hey, thank you. (laughs) I really appreciate that. Um, It it is a pretty rad beer. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go on a big seal with this stuff. But how are you how you're making a luge out of a center of a tree? Do you realize trees? how unreasonable we are and how we pull it off? We're going to sell pints of this like, for four dollars. Right. We are. No, we are. I mean, the actually. easiest way. To <laughs> yeah. I flip. I flip. We're, we're flipping half barrels at, at two fifteen on this. Wow, that's insane! When you look at the labor, what, what is it? What right. is the normal like? Or, or I mean, that's normal price when you're it's not cutting price. A, a tree up and spending the time to cut a down a tree. Oh, yeah, and cut a big how long? So how long does it take to to to, to harvest the tree? And let's be humane about this, Warren. Oh, and right. and cut it out and do the run. You said the run takes about forty five minutes, but what about all the other labor involved? Are, are you counting all the fernet I have to drink? Before <laughs> <I> even <start? laughs> uh, we haven't even got yeah. to the mushrooms. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, Don't even bring up. <laughs> we, we drove. We drove two states to get mushrooms for a beer. We're still, we sold we're that still on tree beer for four dollars. <laughs> right. Same price. We're doing it. It's the same thing. The mushrooms were for them. How long? How long does the tree beer take to set up? Oh, I mean, when it's both of us doing the actual brew day on our scale that we're at right now. Yeah. Usually, it'll be both of us that go out and pick the tree. Uh, we mash in. Sorry, we mash okay. in. Mash in yeah. so, so while it's during its rest, you know, we go find the tree. Uh, usually, Mike will go out and actually cut down the tree, cut the big V through the tree, while I continue, you know, the Vorloff, the sparge, and the how long does it take to cut the V? It, it takes a couple hours. Okay, um, but otherwise it's, you're it's not doing faster. All right, well that's. I mean that's not terrible. Well, 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 I guess. The goal. The goal is to get it is as fresh as possible, and the yeah. idea is because you're hitting it with heat, you want to pull as much pitch out of that that wood as you can right and the sooner you can do it after you cut it the better so okay. yeah sure you so you got to time you it. Can do it that, well it's more it's more it's, it's more how can you push that line so close and make it work and okay. and that's kind of what we're doing it's like you know it's not going to be reasonable to do that on a 60 barrel batch i think what's reasonable on a 60 barrel batch is getting four trees and doing four different <laughs> batches on it <laughs> And that's the way to do it. You're that's, right. That's the most reasonable. <laughs> that sounds like yeah, the most yeah. reasonable. I mean, tree beers Seriously. are reasonable <laughs> in general, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't like. So we are like, talking about tree beers. Yeah. <laughs> like cut, like cut up the tree into chunks and then charm and so. I mean, you're you know, looking at other ways I, to do I it, or bet we could do that. But I, I really do think that that surface space and doing the circulation through it rather than teabagging the the beer with the chunks of tree mm-hmm. is going to be easier to control. If if you watch that liquid coming out of that whirlpool arm, and, and you kind of gauge everything that's coming out of there as your base flavor that you're going to work with on the peppercorns, yeah, I think it's it's an easier way to calculate it rather okay. than dropping a bunch of stuff in there and just saying, "Sweet, hmm. this is going to work," and we'll pull it. Like I, it, it just seems like a more controlled factor, and it's yeah, way well, sure, it is. <laughs> yeah, right, it is. And he doesn't get to cut a tree down if they just use the chips. Bro, well, that's true. Uh, so Unless you're, we make the chips ourselves. <laughs> so you're a wood chipper. Yeah, they're clear cutting, essentially. <laughs> right. Slash and burn mm-hmm. for uh, Saison. Tasty, what do you think of this beer, man? Do you want to talk about really some flavors out of this? I'm getting some of the peppercorn character in it as well. The, the, uh, the pine doesn't override it. It's got both in there. It's nice. 
The pine is definitely more of a subtle flavor, and we use yeah. pink peppercorns more so than like a black or any other type of peppercorn because mm-hmm. the pink peppercorns come off as more floral and a little bit a little sweeter. sweeter. Yeah, yeah, than yeah. a black or a white or a green or a Szechuan or well, any other peppercorn. I don't see color, so first of all, <sighs> it's beer. It's, no, it's golden in right. color. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the the pine I'm getting it's, it's honestly like like the the smell of being around a pine tree. Mm-hmm. In a forest, like like a clean pine, it's not sappy or it's not um, you know dank or whatever. Like a like a piney hop flavor, it's not like that at all. It's it's almost dry, I yeah. guess, like yeah, a dry like, pine thing. We run our beers really dry. We basically yeah. we, like when talking about gravities, we we end up like this beer was ten oh three. Wow. So so you're you're and we're doing that with the saison yeast. What did it start at? Um, it started at ten fifty six. Yep. I think mm. right, so it was like six percent, six three, like yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. And, um, I'm so smart, Warren. Wow, you, <laughs> well, well, you have the best <laughs> questions. <laughs> Said it. The, <laughs> the thing is, is is because because all this stuff is not as precise and perfect as you could be with a brewery because it's literally a place that we built. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you have to you have to look at. Sweet, it's going to get really cold tonight, so uh, it's probably going to affect the fermenter jackets. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we may over pitch, we may hit it with a little more oxygen to get the yeast to work better, to get a faster movement on it, and it, it's pretty crazy. We we tend to we tend to drown our beers super far by just kind of working for, like we calculate recklessness. It's kind of how it works. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's like, it's like, sweet, you know what I think we need to do is this. Boom, and we'll do it. And it generally tends to work pretty well. Okay. So you're you're constantly playing with stuff. It's not just, this is what we did last time. We're going to do it this time. And I mean, we're going to do it the same way. And if it, if you mess up, you fix it later. You're planning for the mess up, like you said, with the temperature control and all that kind of stuff, right? And obviously you have to, you, you learn from everything that you're doing. So yeah. you're trying to refine it. You're trying to perfect it. But... If it's going to go 20 degrees overnight compared to 60 degrees overnight, so That's making a big this difference. beer in, in the summertime versus right now yeah. up in Washington, like it's it, it, those are things you have to account for. Sure. So okay. it's like, how, how do we keep that sort of even playing field between the beers? Have you noticed Well, you difference? heat the brewery. That's what you do. <laughs> right, yeah. You don't do that. Well, it's in the set of a barn, so it's oh, a lot harder yeah. to heat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little problem. Here. Like, yeah. like this this last beer, we just did a Berliner Weiss that we did on on plums, and um, in order to keep the room hot enough to hit it with a saison, or it wasn't Berliner, it was a sour saison. Um, I had to flip on the boil kettle just to create enough steam inside the place to make sure that the walls didn't get too cold to cool down the jackets. Because when the jackets turn on, they're not going to warm back up, and it's like crashing out beers before they're ready. Okay. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Like, there's there's a lot of that going on. Wow. Have you noticed, uh, if you've made this beer at different seasons, have you noticed the tree kind of gives its flavors differently? That's a good question, Warren. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, so, we've only been in business for less than a year, so there hasn't been a lot of seasons. Yeah, they've hit, they've hit three seasons so far. Well, yeah, so that's three opportunities. <laughs> well, well, the funniest thing is, we're 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 going out in in. It's like 
People go out and they do their hop selection. It's wonderful. We do tree selection on these beers. <laughs> yeah. and we're hiking around figuring yeah. out. Do you say well, a prayer? Those look pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've, yeah. We've spotted trees, too. It's like, oh, we should use that one next time. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you – I hope you. I, I could just see you in your taco outfit with, like, a hand, on, like, up on the tree trunk, head, forehead maybe leaning against the trunk, and, like, yeah. thank you, Mother Earth, for providing this tree for me today. I harvest only what I need. And I use everything that I harvest. Thank you, Amen. We appreciate what, your sacrifice. What I really want to start doing is you could have been a paper, you could have been a, a penthouse forum magazine, but no, Instead you're a beer. beer. Yeah. What I what I really want to do is start taking the stumps and and basically carving out. Pine glasses or was, something. God, so I was going to say, if you don't say mugs, dude, I'm going to kick <laughs> you out. so rad. Hell like, can yeah. you imagine, like, yes. in, in 40 years when someone's walking out there, and I'll definitely be dead by then. <laughs> With a chainsaw accident. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only 22. <laughs> dead by someone's palm tree. Someone's going to be walking out like, whoa. <laughs> this label is <laughs> printed from the tree trunk of the tree used to make this beer. Yeah. What do you do with the 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 trunk afterwards? So so the trunk afterwards, we either make a flagpole or we burn it. <laughs> do you have a lot of flags to hang? <laughs> yeah, our so flagpoles tend to break. <laughs> <laughs> No missed opportunity with this guy. No missed opportunity. Where did this guy come from? Uh, Mark from Ork's brother. Mike from Ike. I don't know. You make a flagpole. All right. God damn it. All right. When life gives you a tree crunch, tree, 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 tree trunk, make yeah. a flagpole. Make a beer out of it, then run a flagpole up it. Yeah, yeah. 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 don't forget making a beer out of it first. That was a stupid question. I'm sorry I even asked. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break uh, real fast. I want to tell you guys about... The AHA. You guys should all, of course, be AHA members. And if you are and you want to renew, go to our website. You can click on the ad or you can go to, um, what is it, uh, American Homebrew Association is a website. Use code BN2018 at checkout and you get a free copy of both Wild Brews and Farmhouse Ales. Both of them. Not one or the other. Sometimes you got to choose, right? Right. Not this time. You get them both. So uh, you can renew or get a brand new membership through the AHA. Use code BN2018, which is 2018 at checkout. All right, we're going to take a break. As I mentioned before, because I'm not a liar, uh, Kim is going to go give her new boyfriend some of this beer, probably. Uh, We should introduce ourselves. No, we should all just stare at him out the window. Okay. Uh, and then He's we'll, been instructed not to make eye contact. <laughs> He's a good boy. And then we'll be right back with Hidden Mother Brew. Listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like... 
Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift. When you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Hey, this is Gabriel from Half Acre in Chicago. You're listening to The Session on the Brewing Network. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. Kim Shimke's trying to tell me something, but I don't know what she's saying. Kim, what are you saying? I'm glad we're such good friends. <laughs> that's oh. not what you're saying because that you don't lie. That is what I said. Hmm. And good I've friends said leave that we're each good other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, my tattoo good says otherwise. Good friends forgive each yeah. other, you know? Uh, what were you saying to me? I couldn't hear you. Uh, I will be departing. Okay. Goodbye. All right. You, you have beer in front of you. You're not going to just do me a favor. Slam I'm, those beers. Yeah. I'm going to sample them and then yeah. I'm going to take them out there. So okay. Someone else can sample them as well. Oh, who? Ooh. Who's gonna just the entire Kim bar? Someone boyfriend's a new tree. S a m p l i n g t h e a t e r s. Is that a euphemism for something? I don't want. I'm not even gonna. All right. Well, Kim, thanks for coming in. I appreciate you not bringing us a Yule log. Yeah, the one that didn't get consumed last year that I spent like forty dollars on. Yeah, it was terrible. And thanks for not telling me to wear a Christmas shirt. So now I'm, yeah. I'm the bad one. I was going to have you not wear a Christmas shirt, but wear a Santa costume. Yeah, I don't have yeah. one. But now I can't be on social media, and that's all I really want. Guess who has one at home? Social media? <laughs> or a photo of me on social media? A Santa costume, and there's still one Monday left. Kim does. Shit. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for spoiling it for me. She told me to guess, oh. and you ruined it. Sorry. Was I right? I don't know. We can talk about it. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Thanks for being festive with me, Kim. Thank you, Warren. 
We all know that pure liquid yeast means better beers. White Labs boasts the highest concentration of yeast in the industry thanks to their patented flex cell technology and pure pitch packaging. The yeast contained and delivered using these innovations are propagated in all grain wort, providing the perfect nutrients for growth and optimal performance. I don't know why I was yelling the uh, earlier part, but I apologize. It's nothing to yell about. It's optimal performance. <laughs> with, white, sensitive. Calm down. with White Labs pure liquid yeast, your finished beers will meet the high quality beer flavor profiles that you intend to produce discover the white labs difference visit whitelabs.com slash yeast bank to find the perfect strain for your next beer uh kim is wow she's literally standing with her purse over her shoulder sampling the beer she couldn't have done that sitting down and enjoying the thing but her, boy, go. her boyfriend's got to keep her on a tight Very leash right JC? yeah i already don't like him no anchor for a hand and that's fine but <laughs> if, if we um, bring him in now would we stay longer he's because, got a really good hat it's a crosby hat I'm like, oh. pretty sure JP said he wasn't allowed in here, so let's stick with that. No, I didn't say that. You did. You, did. you said you're not bring him in here. During the break. But I didn't say he wasn't allowed. I just said don't bring him in because i got to go well, pee. Which would allude to him not being allowed. Uh, no wonder you, you were... at least tell us which beer you like the best. No wonder you were single for so long, Kim. I'm just going to say that right now. Ouch. I probably kidding. have only another couple weeks of this, too. So <laughs> because everything good in my life dies horribly. You can't break up with <laughs> someone right before Christmas. Away. Uh, also, what you can't scare away are the good deals you can find at Great Fermentations. It has the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the business using the Blickman products. They offer top-notch customer service, same-day shipping on a lot of items. Check them out, greatfermentations.com. And if you're on social media like Kim is, um, but, you know, I'm not. Uh, GR8 Fermentation, they're kind of all over the Internet there. Facebook, Twitter, all the fun stuff. You're so good at segues. This Black on is awesome. Whoa! Thank you. Whoa, guys. Tasting ahead. Really good. Yes. That is, that's Spoiler alert. Yes, I am. Now I know there's a black saison. Right. Hey, that one. The, the credit credit on that one goes to Remington. He he brought in. The oh, that's idea. why he liked it best. That's my beer. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's a, that is such a rad beer. Like we we usually are bouncing. Wait, well, oh, don't jump ahead too fast. Yeah. Cool. Okay, easy. We'll get there. Easy. Uh, no, you guys just go. Never mind. Man. <laughs> I'm in charge of this show now. Kim, weren't you leaving? So Remington did nothing. It's much nicer when you're right here. Yeah. I can see your boyfriend out the window. He's actually tapping his toe and then touching his finger to his watch like every five he's seconds. Work no, he's ready. Oh, he's ready, all right. <laughs> oh, to leave sure. this relationship. <laughs> That's his flight he has to catch? Yeah. <laughs> it's the one out the door? Yeah. Uh, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, I like him already. Oh, right. <laughs> too, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I kid because I care. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah, you tell yourself. Right. Yeah. Don't forget that. Kid. That's not my. What am I going to do? Go int- if I introduce myself to every person that you were in a relationship with. <laughs> I I need like nobody. <laughs> do you want to bring him on? We can have him. We can I, hit, no, introduce God. him. To, okay, well then I stop playing. Like, I feel like we should just get him to come in and just give like a. Two-sentence yeah. statement. Yeah. Introduce himself to the group. What are your intentions with him? Bring him in. Taken away. The first thing I'm going to ask is to see his balls. We have people here from out of state, and I think you need to keep the focus as the host. No, that's true. It's my fault. I'm kind of in for watching this. Well, the guest asked for it. And if you can't take the word of a man in a taco outfit, can't trust anything, man. Well, Kim, I appreciate you coming in and taking pictures, and um, I guess we'll see you next month, huh? <laughs> next year. Yeah, maybe. Next maybe. year. Oh, no, actually. 
Well, I was maybe surprising you guys next week, but it sounds like no one wants to be here. Oh, oh God! Okay. Here, yeah, next week I'll uh, all Please the atten- come back, Kim. All the attention that you ordered will be in from Amazon, so I'll bring that next week. With code B and Army, I turned you off. Goodbye, Kim. <laughs> no, seriously, thanks for coming. Yes. It's good to see you. All right, Bevo's directly behind me, and when her voice pops in, I'm like, "It's really, really weird." Let's continue. Can somebody help her with the door? <laughs> that was adorable. If she wants to leave, she has to do it on Kim her own. Kim is fine. She's a capable 49-year-old woman. She's living on her own. She can do it. Right. It's fine. I thought that was super adorable, and we should talk about it. I think we should talk about it. <laughs> I think we should talk about it. Hashtag talk about it. Uh, I like Kim. I think it's super adorable that she brought her boyfriend to work. I think that's very cute. Right. She paraded him in front of the window so we knew he was real. <laughs> How many hands high is he? I want to know. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some beer. Hidden like Mother beer. Brewing. What are we drinking? What's the first? We have three beers here, uh, each a different color. I thought you don't see color. I do now. Oh. I got real got racist yeah, oh, during the break. Change during the break. Nice. Uh, what should we drink first here, boys? So, uh, I think you got to go uh, the way we have this lined up from all of our left to right. Yeah. And the beers that we have going. Mm-hmm. The uh, the first one that we're tasting is a lightly smoked red ale infused with morel mushrooms. Okay. This took, this took a silver medal to our Pine Tree Saison at the Washington Beer Awards. So we took oh. gold and silver, and this, this beer is just awesome. Yes. So the Pine Tree took gold, and this took silver? Yep, in the experimental category. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we Only two medals out of three? <laughs> we, we, yeah. we, we didn't put any other beers in that category. Huge well, eye roll yeah. for me. You don't want to peak your first year. you got to have room for improvement. Next year will be all three. I like oh. smoked beers. So are, are the are the mushroom <laughs> tasty? He almost he he knocked it. the guy out of his seat, man. He, like, leaned back. Is it the flavor uh, than I expected. Well, right. <laughs> Is it the mushrooms that were smoked, or is it the malt that was smoked? Or uh, so, so we used Roush malt. Um, okay, it's funny. The the only so we're not certified organic. We we do run organic. Um, the only ingredient in our brewery to this point was the Roush malt, and that's because we couldn't find a good organic source on that. So um, the the only ingredient in your brewery that was not organic is the Roush malt. It, uh, okay. When we when we produce this beer. Oh, okay. This is best malts out of Germany. Okay. Um, our base malts are all floor malted in England or yeah. they're Belgian. All right. So we're using mainly Warminster. Or we're using uh, Dingmans, but. This malt, I, there's not really a substitute. We're working on smoking our own malts, um, just because. Of course you there's, are. There's more. Because you know, why not? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't we? But, um, right. Can't have a chicken for him. Yeah. At least be yeah. able to do that. You gotta yeah. wait for trees to grow. For God's sake. Each time they make a saison, they have more area to build a new building. <laughs> but I, I do Those think trees this, take I, a long time to grow. I really do think this beer is artistic. I think it's a super artistic beer. It, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether you're into I, mushrooms or not, oh. like you can appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like, dude, where where did this idea come from, <laughs> and why did you guys do it? And more of it is, no, no. Why don't we switch that to? That is such a cool flavor. How do we implement it into a beer that we're doing? What makes sense? So okay, so here let me dr- let me try this beer first because I can't oh. talk about it unless I try. Cheers, it. I'll, I'll give you a little heads up. Cheers, man. Jeez. It takes about three sips to really find out what it is. The first one's okay. totally different than the second. 
Because the third is totally different than the other two. Because I'm smelling it, and I don't get a lot of what I and I don't know what a mora mushroom smells like. I just you know right. whatever. But you don't um, eat a lot of mushrooms. No, no, I'm sorry. Not that I'll admit to. Yeah, just the, the white cat mushrooms only, because again, super racist. Yeah. So, so um, while, while you're sipping on this, um, it's really funny because with all these beers that we're doing, there, there's some really, really crazy sides that you have to look at in the production. One is like, cool, we're using this tree. Is there going to be a toxin that's going to be damaging? Sure. Or with a mushroom, is there something that can hurt someone? Right. So something like the the morel mushroom. Before we produce this beer, I'd done chanterelle beers in the past, okay, and I'd done different mushroom beers. But a morel was like, man, we really got to research this a little bit. And it turns out that there's an alcohol tolerant bacteria inside of a morel that, until you get it over 160 degrees, you can basically poison with with a totally edible mushroom. What? So if you well, cook a morel mushroom, I mean, long story short, you'll activate you can't the just poison. Something out of you, the ground. You deactivate it. Oh, you deactivate it. Okay, you deactivate it. Right, right. That's right, right. Yeah. So basically, like, we can't just like dry dry mushroom. <laughs> Whereas with a chanterelle, you could pull that off. Um, oh, they're waving. Oh, hi, real boyfriend. <laughs> oh, that's Kim's boyfriend. Okay. Nice to wave at you, boy. Yeah. <laughs> what do paid actors get in the area? <laughs> Be my boyfriend. Craigslist.com. Yeah. Anyway. So, so it's really funny. Like, the, the way that we're doing these, um, it, it's it's sort of a different the technique. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering what that story, like, into the mushroom side. Like, was, no one's got everybody okay? Yet. So no. it turns out our customer base is shrinking. <laughs> yeah. Also, loophole, your product can kill one out of 100 people and you're fine. <laughs> right. So, turns out. <laughs> yeah. Is that mushroom on the list of the, list of the TTB approved uh, things you can put in beer? You know, I'm, I'm Probably not sure. Not. I'm wow, not way sure to call them out, Jesus. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Well, that's only when you package Printed labels. Oh, okay. Well, we're, we're really, really good about, like, the reason why we don't have the beers on tap down here right now is because we're out of state. We don't have distribution in California. So we, we basically are really, really good about trying not to cross those boundaries and trying yeah. to be compliant. But yeah. there's also the other side that's like, screw all of this. <laughs> do whatever you want to. <laughs> and, and if you don't ask, fun, you're not going to hear it. Goes no. so, yeah. so, don't say it, by the way. So, so the way, yeah, the way... The way we're kind of approaching this stuff is, you know, I, I have a good relationship with our with our alcohol beverage control officer, and we, we are in contact whenever there's a question. But with these things, like, why hit a beehive and try not to get stung when you can just avoid it? Mm. Yeah, yeah and, same. And maybe, you know, if, if there is something that we have to deal with around this, then we'll deal with it. Okay. But we're we're not crossing any boundaries that I'm aware of. No. So so we'll we'll see. I mean, well, I, I appreciate that you re- did the research to oh, make yeah. sure that whatever you want to do isn't going to murder people. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> murder Especially people. since we're drinking yeah. it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Also, Bev, before I forget, I'm kind of in the mood for tacos tonight. <laughs> she wouldn't mind. Mm, what spawned that? You want to talk <laughs> about <laughs> it? <laughs> I want to talk about it. Uh, actually, in Indian food, if you're taking it. But, uh, <clears throat> okay, so I've had my second sip, and um, the first sip was actually Very smoky. distracting, I think, because there's hmm. maybe so much going on, and I think yeah. a lot of stuff is kind of oh. fighting, and I didn't know what to make of it. And the second sip, definitely the smoke came through more for me, and I got like a bitterness thing. And let me take the third one. Now I get what I would imagine are the mushrooms. 
kind yeah. of musty. I've never, like I said, yeah. I've never had a Morel, so I don't know, but I imagine it's yeah, kind of a musty, darker exactly. kind of thing. Once that smoke character, kind of you get you yeah. get that out of the way. Yeah, but it. And you said this was an IPA. No, it's a, no. it's a red. It's a red, but it's, it's very it's very it's bitter. Smoke, it's a Roush red, okay. basically. But it's like high hopped and right. Uh, it's about forty four IBU. Okay, because for I me, get I get a, I get a lot of bitterness. I don't get that. You don't? No. Maybe I'm poisoned. Maybe. Yeah. But I, well, anyway, what I was going to say was everything. Perceived everything mushrooms. works really well. Yeah. There's like a there's like a bitter thing. Then the the, the mushroom and that smoke work surprisingly well, almost too well. <laughs> like I'm, oh, yeah. I'm afraid of how well it it works and kind of combines with this sort of darker flavor with the darker. It's really good beer. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's, a food food pairing beer, too. Like we, mm-hmm. A lot of the beers that we make, both of us coming from culinary backgrounds, we like to make beers that go well with food. What it's haven't just, you guys done, first of all? <laughs> Well, we're it seems like started. <laughs> we we haven't done hazies. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, and, and we you never won't will. because you're upstanding citizens. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you haven't owned a chicken farm so, on Hawaii. Yeah. No, that's phase well, three. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know everything. Um, I heard about a side project. project. How many times have you guys <laughs> yeah. done this beer? Is this well, a one-off? So, so, so the mushrooms for this beer um, initially when we did it. We were, we were. It's funny. We were, we were aiming for the Washington Beer Awards and mm-hmm. the Harvest. Um, we were watching what the microbes were doing out there in the woods where we lived, and they just weren't spawning in time. So we we loaded up three other people and drove down to Bend, Oregon, hunted out twelve different fires, and foraged all the mushrooms. We mean fires. Like basically, morels are, are predominantly grown unless they're in their wild natural spot where they do it. It's mainly burn areas from the year before is where they tend to flourish. Oh, okay, it's like they they like they grow more soil. abundantly after a burn. Okay, so so we drove down there. We foraged out the mushrooms. We brought them back, made the extracts and all that. And now now it's we dried out a bunch of mushrooms that we can rehydrate and use. Which you know I'm not a big fan of doing that, mm-hmm. but considering the nature of a morel and how earthy it is. You can get away with it. I wouldn't do that with a chanterelle or a, you know, other different styles. But a morelle, you can get away with it. Why not? Do you, do you lose some of the I, more I delicate? Think, I think when you flavor? dehydrate some of these things, you lose all the soul from it. Like mm. it's, it kind of well, sucked out, and you're basically getting one dimensional rather than three dimensional. Hmm. When you dehydrate, do you smell the aroma? What you're losing, which is what you smell. Do you, is it, do you feel it goes away, or do you think it just changes? I think it just. It just it, I think I, I do think chemically it changes, changes within itself. And when you dehydrate, especially when we're using it in a in a beer process, you have to rehydrate. Sure. So by dehydrating, you're losing something, and by rehydrating, yeah, you're, you're putting also in another flavor in that water. Also yeah. losing something there. Right. So by doing the same process from a dehydrated mushroom versus a fresh mushroom, you're you are losing some qualities. So you guys aren't just throwing the mushrooms into the boil kettle, then? Mm, no. Oh, okay. You mentioned, Never done you mentioned you're doing a, a tincture or something, right? Or yeah, we have uh, uh That's all. You sued Vium. Yep. Okay. So Remington brought that to the table when we were figuring out how to do these extracts because initially it was like, well, what, what do you want to do with this? I, I used to basically drop these things into second fermentation and run it with it depending on the mushroom. But morels, I never did that. And we figured out the most effective way to get something out of that mushroom and he was the one who was responsible for that, and it was saving it for 
100 or at 160 degrees for about six hours creating an extract what does it do to the mushrooms does it kind of dissolve or it doesn't necessarily dissolve it so first first off we like to sear the mushrooms first so i take you know a non-stick pan without any kind of oil or in any fats of any kind because obviously you don't want that in your beer right so i take a non-stick pan take these mushrooms and i sear them which actually gives it somewhat of a cooked mushroom quality to it okay um, and then you kind of dilute it with like distilled water that keeps it clean and pure mm-hmm. and I, that's when i would put it into a bag and then put it into a sous vide from i've done anywhere from six to ten hours kind of depending on what time i have and okay. then you, you essentially make a tea a tea extract out of it okay and then we're taking that and then putting it into a already made beer and the tea goes forward or the tea and the mushroom we strain we strain out the mushroom itself just, just yeah. okay. you just get i mean with the wow after you sous vide it you're extracting so much of that flavor that's almost a flavorless mushroom by then yeah oh, the exactly okay. so once you take it, all that flavor out of the mushroom then we throw it into the beer and that's cool. what gives you again it, it totally depends on the mushroom you're using oh, yep okay for, for something like some, that some work well. <laughs> i mean like it, yeah like he was saying with morels you have to get like morels very specifically you have to get morels at 160 degrees because morels have an alcohol-resistant bacteria. Mm-hmm. So you can't just throw morels into a so beer. Throwing a bacteria. Right. Yeah. So you have to get it to that searing point. Also, why we sear the mushrooms first is it gets it over 160 oh, degrees. Right and then I also put them in the sous vide at right. 160 degrees. Mm-hmm. So while they're sitting in this water bath, it, whatever didn't get killed during the searing process gets mm-hmm. killed during the sous vide process. See, Double kill. Now, I would, I would have done 161 just to be sure. Well, you're not gonna lie. but you're also not selling flagpole. Okay. We, 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 we drank a lot of 151 while we did it. So, uh, <laughs> hey, let's well, be honest. We drank for net. <laughs> with the 151 chaser. Yeah, that was so yeah. we, we drove out to Bend, Oregon. Yeah. We met up with Paul Arnie from Ale Apothecary. Okay, we're yeah. cruising around. We're hunting mushrooms and just drank for net. It was wonderful. Damn. It was definitely and it was like, next fire, next fire. Like, we, we had 12 fires in one day. Wow. Two days. Where do you live? Two California? Days. Jeez. <laughs> a They're on a mushroom. So, how, right many, how many pounds of uh, mushroom per barrel? Like, somebody wanted to do something like this at home. You know, I think if you're going to – at home is a way more practical way to do this. <laughs> I think um, I think when you're looking at like something like a – let me do the math real fast. If you're looking at a five-barrel batch – For the process ten, we're doing, it's about – I would say 50, 40 to 50 pounds for a five-barrel batch. So you're looking at ten, wow. just 10 just, – Just under a pound per barrel. 10 pounds – it – yeah, it's uh, great. Thanks. That answers my question. <laughs> just under a pound per barrel. What do you mean? Or ten mushrooms, pounds per barrel? Mushrooms? Just under ten pounds per barrel. Per barrel. That's a lot of mushrooms. Forty pounds. That's right. Is it really? Oh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now who's the taco? Oh, math. Oh. I don't like the taco ten a lot. Pounds. So. <laughs> math is hard. <laughs> math is hard. Tacos with mushrooms are undefeatable. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm undefeated. <laughs> Go ahead, Tasty. Ten pounds per barrel—that's that's like, I mean, that's a it'd lot. Be, it'd be like two like regular full-size pitchers of, of, mush, of mushrooms. Right? Yeah, that's almost two pounds in a five-gallon batch. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, for hmm. a five five-gallon batch, I think it's about two pounds for for a six roughly. He's shaking his head. Yes. 
Well, I mean, he's actually yeah, he's yeah, actually yeah, raising his head. <laughs> yeah. Trying to compare fresh morels versus dried morels, which is what I was. Well, oh, that's a, that's a massive. Is there a lot of water in in the mushroom? It's actually a whole new podcast we're doing. Yeah. Water in the mushroom. Um, yeah, mushroom beer. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. some idea. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you gonna make a mushroom beer, Tacey? Yeah, I think I'm gonna do it. Use it in a, do an instapot though. Instapot where you just oh, yeah. dude, those things are amazing. Yeah, yeah. All that juice in the bottom. Use that. Oh yeah. Well, there's there's. I, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, yeah, I, the first Chantrell beer I did, I went directly into a Belgian Golden and infused it, and it was a fantastic beer. Hmm. That's where all the motivation of this stuff came. It was like, hmm. you know, I really like mushrooms. I, I used to use coriander on Belgian styles, and it just shifted to, you know what, mushrooms are way better flavor. Let's do it. Crazy. <laughs> so, hmm. so it. You were a home brewer before you. Uh, yep. Doing uh, shit. When I was down in the Bay Area living there, I lived there 12 years. I worked at the Phoenix Pastaficio out of Berkeley. <laughs> um, Wait, I, sorry, what? I, I was, I, I, I was drinking out 60 gallons of beer every week for about four whoa, years. Whoa, whoa. On what kind of equipment? Well, yeah, well, also theoretically, because that would be illegal, and we don't talk. No, I'm kidding. The, theoretically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, 60 so, gallons a week? Yep. Uh, so basically I had um, I had Kegels. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan from 21st Amendment oh, yeah. gave me a couple of shells that I could cut up. Nice. And I had a gravity-fed system that Bob Tomkowitz built, who was down in West Oakland as well. That's where his fabrication shop was. Okay. And uh, what I did was basically ran a mash ton, like two mash tons on the gravity-fed system with a big hot liquor tank on top. Okay. With two external burners, and they were all kegs that were cut up. So I could do 25 gallons at a time, and I would rip that thing so hard. Two mash tons. And, and yeah. basically, basically, when I when I drop down to hit a heat break and run that, I would start the next mash and crank out about 60 gallons in the course of about eight to nine hours. Where'd all that, where, where, where'd all that beer go? Are you, are you feeding the masses? What's going on? Well, it was, it was kind of magical. It just, just sort of disappeared. <laughs> it tends to do that. Just like the mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, you do that a couple times a week. That's pretty good. I did, well, I did it every Monday. I did eight beers. Oh, wow. You did eight beers? Yep. With the same wort, and you just kind of divvied it up? Or no, like no, individual? No, totally. So you did 25 own. gallons of beer... Each batch. Each batch. Three batches. Did, what'd you ferment in? Did you find like a tree? See, the I, I ran all carboys. I ran all six, and half, carboys, six, six and a half gallon carboys. That's a lot of carboys. Um, yeah. yeah, my wife, she she divorced me for two years, and then we got remarried, and now we have our third No kid. shit. We're, we're rocking it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Once you got rid of the carboys, you but came no, back? I, I don't know what's stranger. Is 100, 100 gallons of beer a week or the fact that he got back together with his ex-wife and has more kids well, now? Well, once he said 60 barrels, she, she was all his. Mm. Well, well. I had taken over every single room in that house. Um, all the, all the. We well, should. Oh. It's your Catholic, goddamn it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I, I was bottling 30, 30 oh, gallons of weed. Bottling. And uh, so you've been broken for a long time. This tree beer shit isn't new. <laughs> yeah. no, this is you have your, your, you paid your dues. Simple. No, I got like. It's, it's crazy. Like, the temperature was really good upstairs, so I had all of our closets, and I'd rotate the bottles, and I had them in milk crates. I saved all the Russian River. I had a Ledger's liquor holding all the Russian River 
bottles because I like that format. Yeah. And I, I was conditioning with those. I ran 30 gallons a week into bottles. And all the other stuff ran to corny kegs, so I had a circulation of about corn. 30 corny kegs okay. and moved these things fast. And what I'd done is basically built different different handles at different places in the Bay Area, and I just supplied those things and what never, are we talking about? never sold anything. <laughs> okay. But everything was known as Mad Max Brewing after my first son, Maximilian Augustin Dittar. This is our mad, so we just made this awesome. Wow. That like, sounds vaguely, vaguely familiar. Uh, well, it was a movie. I, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, never heard about it. I never heard of it like, in, in first hand at that time. It was a couple of movies, though. So <laughs> maybe you're thinking of that. Uh, maybe, yeah. But anyway. So handles, like, can you talk, can you, like, at people's houses or, like, actual places that we can't talk about? Well, or more actual care, places that we can't talk about, but right. I had a lot of really cool projects. <laughs> like, there was, there was one spot where I, I ran eight tap lines into I basically took a basement of a house that was unfinished, mm-hmm. and I built a kegerator in the basement and was running tap lines to rooms in their house. <laughs> oh, wow. And that was a sweet thing, but I, I really wish I could redo it with a glycol unit because I think I could do a way better job. Yeah. But I had a lot of weird things like that. Let's go visit that person right now. Yep. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> hey, we're here to re- yeah, it's a new show we have on the Brewing Network. Yeah. Home redesign. <laughs> yeah. They called him Mad Max for a reason. He's fucking Beer nuts. Beer Eye for the <laughs> Yeah. Bro, you're crazy. <laughs> I don't know. That's there's the fine line. Yeah. Well, I mean, not really crazy, but crazy. And you're definitely on one I, side. I of might it. just be an idiot. <laughs> that's a lot of busy Monday. There is. I guess that's the fine line between crazy and idiocy. Yeah. Maybe you I, jump I, back I, and forth. Who who knows? I definitely Why pigeonhole jump back and forth you? Right. Just ask Remington. <laughs> right. So you got divorced and then remarried later. Yep. I like Fantastic. that. I don't she know why, but I, I, I think that's fucking super cool, man. Dude, it is awesome. Oh, we um, we were married for eight years. We had two kids. We Taren had two boys. Yeah. Um, we, when we got divorced, we ended up getting a full Catholic annulment. So we were split for like oh. two years legitimately. Like officially. Yep. Wow. We were, we were 100%. Wow. And then we got remarried. And now we got this beautiful new baby and can't wait to have more. And we're, oh, I guess, story. just... Crazy people. Did she just want a second wedding? Because I know Candy's <laughs> complained about that. I mean, yeah, I mean there's I so mean, many things I would change, and so now you're wait. one. The groom is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't wait for the third one. Yeah. I mean, I told she's she's half Puerto Rican, so I know it's coming. Yeah, damn man. I told Candy I'm only getting married once, no matter what happens. We get divorced. There's one. one In a moment. Noel's the first marriage, so, so it doesn't count. Oh, yeah. so this is just your second first wedding. Yeah. yeah. It's like a clean slate. Yeah. Wow. Starting from zero. I need to look into this. You want to marry Taryn again? I mean, your wedding was really fun. So, uh, yes, I just need I to look it. into it. I, I don't really remember it, so. Your first wedding? Yeah. Oh. My second wedding pictures. was real cool. <laughs> Oh, right. Second. My second wedding was awesome. <laughs> was every like was everybody you invited back to your wedding oh. were like, really? We have to do this again? And do we have to buy you a gift? No, no. I feel like there we were more kept, questions we, we than kept, We kept it way more intimate and just like small family thing there. Okay. Um, All right. You didn't ask like, the original wedding we, party. We're back. not going to, yeah. Fucking <laughs> 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 invitations. You're like, dude. There were so many parts of me that were like, man, we can totally capitalize on this. Absolutely. But no, that wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> like, True love prevails. Yeah. 
Or whatever, some nonsense. So we're registered at Target? (laughs) Oh, it hasn't happened yet. And at uh, Crosby Hop Farms. There's also that. Um, Let's work on this Black Saison. Go. Please. Let's... I, you know, I just Let's talk to... about it. <laughs> yes. You said no, work on it. it. You didn't say talk. Um, this beer is really rad. Uh, this is this is Remington's brainchild, so he should really run with this. But I really want to hear your response immediately, Office, rather than start with a description. Okay, uh, let's do it. Ready? I agree. Yeah, taste it, and then I'll tell you about it. So uh, I'll hmm. talk about it if you uh, want. <laughs> Sorry, Sophia. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> it has a, uh, a a very floral, very floral nose. Um, Almost kind of smells like a Schwartz beer in the way that, like the I don't know if that makes sense. Almost smells like a lager, I guess. I, but that's stupid to say. Well, it has. It doesn't the, smell a like a saison. I feel like it probably has a, a very similar grain bill mm. to a Schwartz beer. It doesn't smell like a saison. What I would typically consider a saison, like very uh, estery, you know, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like think the floral character could definitely be a yeah. I mean, a lot of that's curbed by fermentation temperature, and when we crank the beer out. The ambient temperature where we were at is really cold, mm. so it, it's it. You're working against elements on these things. Yeah, this is really a low ester saison. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to find. Of course, this is a dark beer with a lot of chocolate character. Yeah, we would hide those those phenols. That's true, and and saison yeast. Yeah, and with a dark saison, I'm not saying I necessarily would want those like high pepper kind of things. Um, I think they are there in the finish that kind of yeah. round out the the. The kind of Pilsner English base, mm-hmm. and so the phenols kind of act as a drying agent. Yeah, They're not a strong flavor contributor. Very smooth, uh, you know, not really sharp. It's it, it does honestly taste more lagered than anything. But I guess the fermentation temperature, like you're saying, kind of. So based on uh, this interview so far, based on uh, us talking mm-hmm. about our beers, what other Taco. kind of <laughs> talk <Taco. about> our <laughs> beers? <laughs> what other kind of adjunct do you think uh, we would have added to a dark saison? Like typically, ask, or ask wait, are you, work, you, you crazy that, guys that we can idea. talk about? Wow! <laughs> a taco. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly like enough, a burrito for some reason. <laughs> Quesadillas. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess that it's some bullshit to do with trees. I get a lot of, like mint character or some sort of like organic, but. Like minty here. Let me hit this again. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. Tasty's on the right track there. Yeah, they're both on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> they're so dang close. <laughs> and it was a very, very small amount, but we just wanted to. Is it like a spruce a tip? It's an herb. Bam! Bam. Yeah, hit it right on the head. So spruce tip. See, I was going to say spruce Start tip, down. but I didn't want to be right. Well, thank you for letting me be right this time. Welcome, Someone man. has to be right. Yeah. <laughs> spruce tips. Spruce tip, black saison. Tell me about this. So tip. dark saison with spruce tips. The only time the beer actually saw spruce was during the mash. So we just threw spruce oh, tips wow. in the mash to get that spruce flavor. But then we dry hopped with Centennial to kind of add to that uh, mm. limey kind of tree characteristic. Mm. That's crazy. Mm. You mash tipped. Mash tipped. Just the tip. Just the tips. How much? Uh, how much spruce tips did you put in there? Probably about eight, eight pounds, I guess, if you were to weigh it. In a five barrel. No, it's in, in a, a five barrel. Five barrel mash. Yeah. Okay. Five. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's a little less. Kind of hard to say. Yeah. 
How many states did you have to drive out. through to get those first steps? <laughs> I mean, again, the trees are just right on our property. So oh, okay. yeah. So far. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long, though, dude. Right, yeah. How many trees do you have on your yeah, property? There's going to be no fire hazard. <laughs> there's no forest floor to rake up there because they're just putting, they're, we're drinking it. Oh, they're smart. Yeah, that's pretty good. All flagpoles. So then all the, the uh, dark qualities of this beer, mm-hmm. basically all midnight wheat and a mm. little bit of chocolate. I got the mm. chocolate. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a really well-balanced beer. I, love it. I agree, the, man. The chocolate pint combination. Works I, I, lo- I'd love to rip this thing at a little bit higher temperature and see if we can pull higher esters off of it. But I think, I really think that is a beautiful beer. Like, we we can drink it all day. What's the... <laughs> So you guys brewing a board? We're gonna. <laughs> the way you finished that, I thought there was gonna be more after <laughs> drink all day. <laughs> we could well, drink all day. Can you drink this beer all day? Is the question. <laughs> Actually, is the question. We do build most of our recipes on, ba- well, based off of the fact if you want to have a second pint. If the guy who can drink 100 gallons of beer a week can have a second pint, I'm sure the answer is yes. He never said he drank 100 gallons. Oh, well, that's true. He You're supplied right. <laughs> The guy who can drink 100 gallons of Fernet. <laughs> 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 that's fair. Hey, look, a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's another bottle. No. <laughs> that's actually a small child. Jeez. I got no response yeah. to that. <laughs> Corgi down, dude. It's not a mushroom. No, it's running away. Yeah, I don't find myself around spruce tips too too much. Do you have to like masticate them or something? Yeah, Tasty's a city boy, dude. I mean, what do you you throw them in like the way they are? There's a spruce tree. Put a whole branch in there. What do you do? Fifteen feet away from our brew deck, basically. So we just cut a bunch of tips off of, Mm -hmm. and then we just Mm -hmm. threw it into our mask. You don't uh, masticate them or no? We didn't for that one. We didn't really. We didn't really alter it a lot. So so that. Remington's not a masochist, so... No, I try not to be. We're running through the middle. That's cool. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's really not a bad idea. No, it's terrible. You think outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> you don't immediately think bad, anything's a bad idea. I I, I'm dumb as hell, and I know that's a bad idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no but there's, there's... It depends on when you're going to... Throw a spruce in there and yeah. how to, how to implement. It. I think with with the way that we did it, it was more on the hot side. It, you can it pretty much do the extraction for you. Probably. Yeah, okay. sure. It's kind of interesting with it, but <clears throat> I mean, as far as the hidden mother brewery, we also made one other beer that we put into a firkin uh, with spruce tips, and I actually hmm. so we made it with spruce tips in the hot side. As far as a small firkin batch, it was a strong ale with spruce tips. Maple syrup and chipotle peppers. Okay. Um, and then we conditioned it with more maple syrup, a little bit more chipotle, and then I made another kind of extract with the spruce tips. Savid spruce tips, which is awesome. Like it, Same like, way with as like the morel? Yep. yep. Okay. When, when you smelled that stuff, it was like, whew, like it makes it, it a lot stronger. Essence of spruce tip. Really? Yeah. Like you, you didn't necessarily have to spruce hop it? Like the infusion, you could really dose it basically off of what the flavor profiles were at and build something like that. That firkin was amazing. Yeah. Wow. Every, everyone hmm. that had it was, there were people pulling crawlers off of the firkin. <laughs> wow. Are you guys put it, uh, putting the spruce tips in right when you mash in, or is it during the louder? Or 
does that work? For the dark states on, it was during the mash. Okay, and then just in until the wart separated. Pretty much, yeah, okay. yeah. Until we don't that anymore. Yeah, um, that was the only time. And then for the hmm. English, uh, the, the old ale essentially, uh, we threw spruce tips into the end of the boil. So it was kind of two different methods. Okay. Oh, with the Did you get a different character. Sorry. A little bit, yeah. I mean, the uh, dark saison, the spruce is definitely a little more subtle than throwing the spruce into the end of the boil. You get definitely a little more harsh, a little more bitter out of the spruce itself when you throw it that hot. In the boil, it was more aggressive? Yes. Okay. In the in the dark saison, it's more of a grace note. It's like just a little ding. <laughs> like somewhere in there. Okay. Like, oh, that's awesome. All right. It, it plays more with the centennial Visual. than anything. Yeah. Mm. When you do the uh, the sous vide for the spruce tips, how much water are you putting in there? A cup. Okay. I, I mean, I'm is it like is it like to cover like enough to cover or just a little bit for it to really stew just, in? It's really just enough. Like it depends on how much spruce you're adding. But yeah, you that's what I'm getting at. Like if we want to do it at home, water coverage. Okay. To, uh, just cover. I mean, yeah, to cover as much spruce. As you have, you're not you're not like putting them in a bag and then have like five inches of water above the thing because no, you don't want to. Then it just becomes water diluted. diluted yeah, want to water down your beer. No, that's no fun. <laughs> I mean, all that that's that's kind of where the like whoever's creating the beer, that's really where their character is going to pop in. Mm-hmm. There's people that are really good at these types of things that understand culinary work. Yeah, and then there's people that are really experimenting and. There's not really a right answer. It's more what is the best effect, and off of that, how do you get there? So so a lot of the things that we're doing with these beers really come from a place of like, you know what? This sounds really right, and based off of everything that has worked in the past, I bet this is going to work, mm-hmm. and that's how we build it. So like when it comes to the Savine and the extracts and some of these ideas that really, really are out of the box, uh, a lot of it is just – kind of influenced on just how, how do you cultivate insanity in a controlled way and, and, that's, yeah. and that's really well, the goal though. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah, you're applying your you're applying yourself to the problem at hand and, sure. and your, a lot of your skills are based on culinary yeah and, uh, restraining crazy yeah. that's yeah how do you yeah. Yeah. it doesn't hold you back like hmm. you don't want to be sloppy right like you want you want to be calculated you want you want to be able to still stay delicate with some of these flavors. Right. You don't want to just go with this with an idea of, cool, we can market this idea and blast it out and get a reputation for doing something that's really not tasting that awesome. It's, mm-hmm. You know, this is beer first. We love making beer. I mean, if, on that, on not, that note, so many people hear the beers that we're making. You know, we're making pine tree beers. We're making morel mushroom beers. We're working on mm-hmm. chanterelle beers. You know, and everyone's like, oh, these are crazy flavors. But we're making a beer first. Right. We're just kind of adding in these flavors as layers, hmm. not necessarily dominating flavor, but just a flavor to enhance the beer itself. Kind of have to go looking for it a little bit. Uh, right. It's beer first. And the beer, it's just the spice beer drinkers, they would say the beer is getting in the way of what they're looking for. But the real, real beer drinkers, uh, yes. Yeah, the, is there the such a thing first. as a spice beer drinker? Oh, yeah. People, oh, yeah. These people have yeah. Christmas beers and pumpkin beers and all that crap. Oh. Uh. 
People still drink pumpkin beers? <laughs> I do. I love pumpkin <laughs> beers, but not a lot. But I would never call myself a spice beer drinker. Mm. But me, I am. Well, the one... Yeah. The, Fuck. Those you like better are those that are underspiced, I think. I mean, I, I drink a fair number. Yeah. Um, our the hell's friend, wrong uh, Matt Sager, hit says that beers came... Uh, Onto the market, they're going to get a keg here called oatmeal cooking raisin raisin beer, right? Mm-hmm. That's the best like, one. You think like, wow, that's going to be like a really like a sugar bomb thing? No, no, it's an imperial red ale, and you kind of got to go looking for the for the cookie part of it. Mm-hmm. Imperial red ale first and foremost. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a really good job with that. Just beer. like hers is the dark season. Well, I think I think really you like. You, you need to keep a delicate touch on these things. You, you, oh yeah, you have to do it in a way where. You can really make a point with a beer. One of the things that's irritating to me when, you know, we're, we're not an IPA brewery, but we did five wet hop beers this year. Okay. We, we, we love doing That is annoying. Beers. You're right. The thing that drives me crazy is take the IPA craze, and this is before even the haze craze, when you looked at imperial IPAs and double IPAs and all that going on, and so many people created an identity off of throwing a bunch of hops into a pot and saying, that's our IPA. Mm-hmm. And there was no point to it. <laughs> like, the way we do our IPAs, which you, you have to have an IPA in this market. Yeah. There's not a way around that. No. Um, we, we limit it to a way where you can literally screw up in so many ways. You have to do it perfect in order for it to work. And we go 100% Maris Otter base. Mm-hmm. So we have a clean playing field. And if you don't dose things right and ferment it right, you're going to screw up. Yeah. That's the next beer that we're drinking. Oh, I was about and to say, I'm glad you guys did it. Thank you for not bringing an IPA. I really appreciate it. Well, no, it's going to be a whole you joke. Know, you know, and, I but told you not it. to bring it. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're my favorite now. It was almost great having you guys on. <laughs> <laughs> I would almost recommend you. Yeah. Well, being from the Northwest, it was like we, we were debating that. We almost brought down a coffee beer we just did. Oh, was, no, that would be horrible. Fantastic. Yeah, why would you bring something that's really good and not an IPA? I know, seriously. Yeah, I'm I, waiting for it. I feel so this is a coffee IPA that we did. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. It's a pale coffee. Yeah. Beer. And you have to go looking for the coffee. It's not just going <laughs> to pop out. It's really crazy. Yeah. You force like, your own coffee. When you and smell then it, it doesn't smell like then... coffee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how did you guys add coffee? Oh, uh, we it, we drank coffee <laughs> while we brewed it. We Therefore, it for yeah, it it's me. a coffee IPA. <laughs> One time I had coffee. <laughs> the end. I mean, you're right. Every, you do need a, an IPA, but uh, you know, I, I appreciate that. That's not your identity. Well, and yeah, I think I, that's what I think. Uh, and I, I, I think well, kind of what we we're talking about a little earlier. That has become so much of craft beer now. Is that who brews the IPA that we need to go for? And that's not that's not the point of a brewery. It's not the point. It's not why people got into this business in the first place. They don't want to brew fucking IPAs for your untapped list. Well, they want to brew beers that they want to brew and they want to share with you. And so talk about talk about some of that shit. <laughs> so I'll talk about it. Yeah. When you go to like the the Spokane market in that area, it, it still is in that in that market of like IPAs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, and, and I don't mean to say this in the wrong way, so I hope no one takes this the wrong way that I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just need to grow a set of balls and do what they want to do. <laughs> right. and, and, yeah. and I feel like we're doing that, and I feel like whether we succeed or we fail. It's, it's going to be influential in a way in that market where people are going to start doing these things. And I I really see a way to build a community by doing something crazy mm-hmm. as long as you're not an asshole. 
Right. And we're not assholes. All right. So it's like, <laughs> well, hey, I mean, hey, well, well, I mean, I am wearing a tux. Present company well, excluded. Yeah. Uh, Besides yeah. me, yeah. Remington's not an asshole. Besides yeah. his mustache. That's another category. His assholes. Yeah. Not an asshole, but there's something his, else weird. His right. mustache is pretty bad. So he's an asshole. My mustache is bad. You want to get into mustache? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Want to argue about mustaches? <laughs> but, but. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like so many people can get so swayed with whatever the, the theme is. You look mm-hmm. at the hazies. You look at all that. Like, th- there are so many times where I look at all this personally, and I look yeah. at it, and I'm like, why doesn't it go in the direction that I want it to go, which it's never going to go, which is like, sweet. We got a Belgian craze. That's not going to happen. You're about 20 years too late you for that. Be a leader, <laughs> but, but, the thing, but the thing yeah. is, is like, it's, it's never going to happen. So you, you no. really got to do your thing. And yeah. if you can at least set a precedence and an example on how you can kind of run with it and just do it. I think that's that's a pretty successful direction to go. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that goes back to our mentality when we go to festivals. We're, Dressing up in weird costumes, we're having the most. And you're putting fun. worms in your salt. We're, well, <laughs> we're making salt out of worms. Yeah, right. One of the putting others. salt in the worms. Oh, by, yeah. the way, uh, by the way, tip for next year: spruce tip salt. Yeah, there you go. See mm. what I mean? All these breweries—they're focused on the trend. They're worried about making the next milkshake Who IPA cares? or whatever yeah. it is. We're not worried about that. We're worried about making good beer that we like to drink, and we don't really care about the trends. We're just making beer that we like to drink. Having fun doing it, and we're so, hoping people follow. You, so you want to know something crazy? No. We we. Okay. <laughs> I'm a terrible interviewer. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, let me not tell you. You need to call the freak. <laughs> no, go ahead. Tell me. Well, the the thing that's crazy is when we go. Like I I am really good friends with a lot of the brewers in Spokane area. Cool. Really good friends with a lot of the brewers in Seattle. Mm-hmm. In in. Same, same as Remington, we're, we're on that same page. But when we go out to tap houses, a lot of times when you go to these festivals and everything, unless there's something specifically that's, like, unique and crazy that, like, really attracts you from a brewing standpoint, we end up drinking our own beer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, that's a huge, huge sign that we're, we're doing something right. And that's not coming from like a arrogant or a, a like no. point of view of like we're doing everything better than everyone in the world. Uh, <laughs> right. Like, we really enjoy what we're doing. You like we're drinking really the love, product. Well, that's we love the beer we're making. That's what. That's you your point. Taste how much fun we're having. Right. With the beers that we're making. Yeah. It, it's if like, that makes any it's, sense. It makes <laughs> it makes it so simple just to drink it because may, maybe it's familiarity. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, you know, pop, well, also you don't have to wait in line. There's so there's that. that. I mean, there's, don't have to wait in line that often. Oh, well, that sucks. Um, like when I go to festivals, I look for like weird stuff as well. Uh, there's there's one kind of beer that keeps popping up styles that I like to go to. Nobody brews them. They're called Lager 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 Lagars. I think is how you pronounce it. Lager. Yeah, Lagerie. <laughs> yeah. Um, like laundry. Yes. Oh. Like 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 it, I see what you're saying because for I don't know maybe five years ago for me that was Kolsch. 
Nobody brewed a Kolsch. And if you were at a festival that had a Kolsch, that's exactly where I went to. And then it was German Pilsners. And then, you know, people are starting to kind of finally brew lagers again. And now I don't go to beer fest, so I don't know what is going on there. <laughs> You're missing out. But, <laughs> so the, the breweries finally succeeded in getting you to not come. Right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but to me, that's sort of the same thing. Like, you, you, you guys are the fun people at the beer fest who are bringing stuff that people don't know about to introduce them to what you guys think beer is to you. Not well, not necessarily what it should be. You're not trying to change anything, but I think you're maybe trying to inspire. I don't know. That, that's why we only make hazy lagers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for not bringing it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate it. They're actually Saison. They're hazy lager Saison. <laughs> no, really, we, we do really enjoy this industry and love every side of it. Yeah. And the people involved with it are pretty much the coolest people you can deal with and what what we're doing, we're we're really just like we're not out to make a point to people. Mm-hmm. We're just doing our thing. You're sharing and your stuff. We're just doing what we love. It's a blast. Right. Like that's a good way to look at it. I, I, not a lot of people, I think, can say that because again, not to bring it back to weird, but they're focused on the bottom line. They're focused on you know getting Making the lines up. for bottle reservations or whatever. Yeah. The lines for bottles or wearing the suit and tie like Beardie was referencing earlier. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, you know, it's, and that's not what, not what it should be about. True. It's beer. You know what really like spruce up this taco beer. outfit? A tie. Tie. A taiko? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this IPA. Yeah, which is something I never wanted to say. My <laughs> well, no, I, I'm I'm curious what you think about it. It's full of diacetyl. <laughs> we we DMS the hell out of this. Mm-hmm. I've actually never <laughs> tasted liquid diarrhea before, but the hints of sulfur are overpowering. Yeah, it's amazing. We just kept the fermenter open. <laughs> Weird. I actually don't remember pitching yeast in this. <laughs> yeah. So, but it sells. Yeah, it's our number one seller. I, it's funny because like I've never been on a radio show, so I don't know where the line is. But I come on. Well, Keep making fun of this beer because it's rad. Say whatever you want. Just don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Don't, whatever. No, this beer is awesome. It's, um, <laughs> just don't. <laughs> it's just don't. I mean, just don't say it. First and foremost, like he said a lot earlier in the show, we are not an IPA brewery. Yeah. So, even, so you don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> when we were, We've no never drinking this beer. We I've never even sampled the it. form of Dude, we, you know, we deciding what beers we were going to bring to this. Yeah. I told him not to bring an IPA. Yeah, well, that's why you're better. But we're from the Northwest, so yeah. kind of have to bring an IPA. I don't know, just based hey, on our, like... our geographic. No, you, you do, and, and because people want to talk about it, they want to talk about it. They want to, you know, they want to hear us they talk wanna, to you about sorry, it. They want to hear you talk to me they about it. Talk about it. With, yeah, with this I want to talk about to be honest. With this beer, you have one playing field. Mm-hmm. You have the base malt. It's the Maris Otter from Warminster. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything else is yeast and hop. So if you fuck up, you fuck up. <laughs> like, right. That's the bottom line. Yeah. All the IPAs. This beer has are, such a point. This beer has no crystal. Just this color is off from the baseball. All the IPAs we make are 100% Marisotter based. I'm really that curious is, what you guys think because I really love this beer. I'm, I'm not a huge like, IPA person, but I'm not familiar with that malt. Is it darker than than some, most Marisotter? It. Well, and look at I, it. If you do a churro mash, it, yeah. it would never be that dark. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit darker, but it's a fuller flavor. You don't get the same efficiency out of it. It's great. What hops are in here? Uh, Centennial and Simcoe. 
So two hops. Really? This one is. Yep. It seems yeah. more complicated than that. Yeah, I also thought it was the one hop. Yeah. Mayor Sauter, Centennial, Simcoe. It, That's it. USO5. It's, oh, I want to. I almost want to bring four IPAs down to you guys to <laughs> just show you what. What right, the world so, is. Because you hate him so much, and we all agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this definitely has an English uh, balance I, I to it. Like, with, so, the, or, with the Maris Otter. Because hmm. it definitely has a, a solid malt backbone. Mm-hmm. And, and the bitterness isn't... It's, Cameron. And we're, <laughs> the I bitterness mean, isn't overpowering. It's and we're mashing at 151, too. I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a high mash. We're attenuating down super low. It's still a dry beer, but you, with that Marisotter, you still get that malt backbone. Right. But it still lets the hops just kind of play around, you know? That really lets the hops shine. I'm, I'm surprised at how complicated or complex the hop flavor is to me from having only two hops. Two hops. Maybe, maybe that's because it has all that room to kind of shine, but just the base malt. So you know the hardest thing about innovation is simplicity. And working with small amounts of something and learning to balance that, I, I think if you can, I mean, that's that's the hardest thing to do in the world. You look at inventions, and the inventions that come out that solve a problem, the hardest thing is how do you make it easy? Mm. These, you're taking three ingredients, and you're cranking it out. And if you screw up in the balance on it, mm-hmm. You're going to sink. Yeah. It's not a good product. And I think um, by if you can figure out a way to not screw up on it, the product that comes out is so much higher in quality than overcomplicated beers. Yeah. I mean, less is more, especially with IPAs. And I think we're learning right. that. But, um, Finally. For, yeah. Less Finally. IPAs is more. Less IPAs <laughs> is better. Well, honestly, but, but I mean, but you know what I'm saying, Warren, for, for having yeah. two hops. To me, I would never have guessed there were, there were two hops in there. To me, I think. For me. But then you're But I don't relying, drink a lot of IPAs, so I don't know. You're so relying very guess? heavily on the quality of the hops. Because if you can't mm. blend away, like if you get some junky citra, but that citra is going into a blend of five other hops, mm-hmm. it's less noticeable than if you just have two hops. And one box just comes and it's junk. Okay. And so you do have to be more on top of the quality. But if you are and can be, then, yeah, you don't need a kitchen sink worth of hops to make your IPA good. There you go, guys. What do you think of that? Fine IPA. Warren yeah. said something. Well, and it made sense. Now, you said you used the USO5 for this beer. What, what do you use for the Saisons? What use for using so, so normally we don't use USO5. We we oh. got a bunch of USO5 for fresh hop season because we needed we had to blast out a lot of beers. With, so you couldn't keep like, it was harvest enough yeast to do we, it. We generally use Cali V from, from White Labs. Okay. Um, for the Saison, the yeast that... We, we've been using has been the White Labs Saison 2, okay. which has been a fantastic yeast. Yeah. I think um, we're generally fermenting around 75 degrees, and it's just it's fantastic. Hmm. Well, how does it do in these, like, colder temperatures you're obviously running into now? Do you get the you – you, know, you don't get the Saison character, uh, I assume. It's, it's really difficult. That's why hmm. we're flipping on the the – Hot liquor tank and keeping all the doors open on the top so that we. That's can the problem for out. breweries that like that, that don't have a, a heated brewery. Like you're in a barn, yep. it would be impractical for you to like put heaters in there. 
It's almost like you need double banded fermenters. One with like some hot water, one bands with hot water. So, bands so one, with of things, one of the things that I've I've been wanting to do is basically put a little tea on the glycolin unit mm-hmm. on some of the fermenters mm-hmm. and feed it to an on-demand hot water heater where okay. you can run basically a temperature regulation where you can create mm-hmm. a small loop mm-hmm. and just plug it into whatever temperature you want to ferment it. And um, it's something that I, I almost did it at Paradise Creek when I was brewing down there. Mm-hmm. And I may end up doing it with our with our new place, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of kettle sours, and that's really the... Oh. The reason to do it. That'd be the impetus to do it. Keep it up, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a problem because they use that. I mean, obviously, they operate differently at different mm-hmm. temperatures. I mean, you can't get around that. Yeah, yeah and in really, you, you, it's it's pretty crazy at our brewery. Like, you, you want to make sure that your product is happy. So I've yeah. I'm that crazy dude that'll show up there and play music for the beer for a fermenter to make sure that it's working the right way. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Is it's a working product, and yeah. in, in, if it's not working the way that you want it to work, it means it needs something, and you got to figure out what it is. Yeah. So I've literally done that, and, yeah. And that might sound crazy. I'm not one of those people <laughs> that like, but you know that that stuff really makes a difference. Absolutely. Have you thought about doing loggers with the cooler so fermentation? Cool. Yep. Right. Yeah. You don't have to even cool it. Oh yeah. I mean, um, we've done a few IPLs that okay. were. Oh, so actually. Those are some so of my, beer, my favorite beers that we've made so far. Oh, nice. Personally. Not, uh, we did a wet hop Citra IPL. Yeah. <laughs> we did 60, oh. 60 pounds of Citra. Wow. <laughs> so out of the out of four <laughs> wet hop beers that we made, we made well, one, that was, yeah. one that was an IPL, one that was a Saison, one with an experimental hop. And then, you know, one that was an IPA because, of course, you have to make an IPA. Did you you use Marisada on the IPL or did you switch to just a two-row? It was IPL is what again? IPL we ran because it used to be Imperial Lager, India Pale Lager. India, now it's, it's India, India Lager. Okay. Okay. India Pale. So we, we did a straight up lager on it. We um mm. we hit it with uh, it was it was Dingman's Pills Pils and Malt. And then we hit it with a couple of specialties. Okay, predominantly that. Yeah, sounds good. Maybe. Yeah. I'm sure it was great. <laughs> so, Dingham, thanks for not bringing it. Dingham, is where are they out of? Where, where are they? Belgium. Where? Belgium. Yeah, thanks for not bringing the beer that you're real proud of. Yeah. Appreciate that. I'm pretty proud of these beers. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> yeah. yeah. you got to remember our scale, man. We're still really small. That's true. <laughs> When's the new expansion done? So uh, hopefully by March we'll have that all in place and we'll be producing there. Dude, when you started, were you ever, like, thinking, hey, you know what? In 13 months, I'm going to, like, quadruple no, my weeks. capacity or whatever? Two weeks. It took two weeks to get to maximum capacity? Ever since I've known Mike, mm-hmm. ever since he's brought me on for this project, he told me two weeks. <laughs> two, <laughs> two weeks what? It'll be, oh, two, it'll weeks be two weeks to, to get this project started. It'll be two uh, weeks till we get these fermenters. We're going to have to for been three years <laughs> Okay. Now. And every year's two weeks. Now the project weeks. has finally started, so okay. now it's two weeks till we go with the fermenters. Now oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> nice. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever he asks you when this beer is going to be done, you say two weeks. Two, two weeks, weeks, man. Yeah. Two, yeah. two weeks. Two weeks. Roughly two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be running a, a 15 barrel into the 60 barrel fermenters? Or? So, so, yeah. We, we, uh, yes. we purchased 
a 15 barrel system from everybody's brewing in white salmon. Get on that mic, homie. Uh, oh, sorry. There you go. Uh, we, we purchased a 15 barrel system from white, white salmon over at everybody's brewing. Mm-hmm. It has a uh, whirlpool and basically a quad batch on that system takes about 10 hours, roughly. Four turns? Hmm. Four, four turns batches in 10 hours? Three, wow. it's, it's a four vessel system. Dude, yeah. that seems um, crazy. That's, that's really fast. That's based on what they've been doing. Yeah, like, two and a half on a four vessel. That sounds about right. Mm. Yeah, basically. God bless. Yeah. So, so, so we have that 15-barrel system basically sitting in storage until we get our 60-barrel fermenters in place at our new location. Mm. And you got the infrastructure all set for those fermenters yep. and all that stuff? Cool. We're, uh, we're doing the construction right now on nice. the grains and everything. Um, it's... That's going to be done after the permits go through. We're going to be ready to rock and roll by like February first. You could have a you have a silo now, or are you going to be adding a silo? We're getting two silos. Two silos. We're doing a hundred percent Maris Otter, floor malted Warminster in one of them, uh-huh. and then cool. and then it's either Dingman's or it's uh, Skagit Valley Pilsen. 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 Mm. Yeah, wow. you all crazy. We rocking them. Yeah. Yes, we are. I. Get, I mean, I've been hit in the head a lot, by the way. The bathroom? No, no, no. no he's been His hit head. in the oh, head. Oh, he's been hit. I've been hit in the head a lot, too. <laughs> that reminds I mean, me of a... Are what? you an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> what was that in, in the movie, uh, Meatballs? Wait, don't talk about Mike like Meatballs. that. Meatballs? Meatballs? Remember Meatballs? Okay, I'm an idiot. <laughs> With Crash? <laughs> I've been hit in the head a lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's a boxer. Anyway, you know what? You know what isn't like getting in the head, Warren. What? Beer Smith. <laughs> well, yeah. It's definitely not. It's, like, it's more like a software. Uh, it's the best recipe building and brewing software on the market, and it offers a 21-day free trial, so you can check it out yourself. Beer Smith just got better, apparently, with the release of Beer Smith Three. Let's see. 5.0. It now, it now offers support for mead wine and cider, water profile tool, mash pH estimation, and adjustment built into the recipe builder. New support for hop whirlpool additions. Completely revised database, including new hops, malts, fruits, juices, honey, all sorts of stuff like that. A secure connection to their online recipe database containing over 700,000 recipes. Most of them hazy IPAs, probably. I'm just kidding. Uh, boil adjustment for high altitude brewing, streamlined interface, all that kind of stuff. Go to beersmith.com today, and it, you know you still get 21 day free trial out of that. So you you know beersmith three. It doesn't reduce the amount of days you get for free, dude. That's not how no. it works. It's still 21 days. Three weeks for 3.0. Three, three for three. Yeah. Shit. You're welcome for that free marketing. What three marketing? <laughs> That's huh? a list. You do have a list. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> uh, don't look at me all crazy. <laughs> I mean, you look normal. That's my lip. Thank you. <laughs> it's hidden. Yeah. You two need to stop. <laughs> no, you two needed to stop a long time ago. Their last oh. album was terrible. Oh. All right, everybody. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to do a little bit of, well, maybe one beer new story. If you guys uh, want to stick around. From Hidden Mother. It'll be good. It's right up your alley. It's a good, fun, positive beer story. And then we're going to go, Bev. All right? All right. This is the session. We'll be right back.
You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature rest mashing is easy to do all for under 300 bucks they also feature the mark ii work pump a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much as well as exclusive brewers edge regulators and quality keg king kegs and disconnects check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of Citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. What's up? This is Blake from Creature Comforts. You're listening to the session on the Brewing Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're going to hang out here a little bit more with Hidden Mother Brewing out of lovely Spokane, Washington. Have you been to Spokane? No. Yeah. Then how do you know? I don't know. Lovely. It's lovely. Oh, See? There you go. It does sound lovely. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else sounds lovely, Warren? What? A little the live read? The Smart Brew Water Testing Kit. Oh, oh Smart yeah. and lovely. That's a great product. I always see that at Total the, package. Uh, conferences. Uh, this, it, I love it. It's, it's really cool. I used that at the conference a couple times, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, home or commercial use, of course, because it takes great water to make great beer. It's the only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed. So if you're, a, let's just say, out of the blue, a taco who's been hit in the head... <laughs> Math probably is not really your strong suit. I don't know. Just saying. This water tester is for you. This water tester for you. You can email the results to the rest of your brew team or post to your Facebook page. It has the ability to test over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded and more are available. You can test for stuff like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, sulfate, pH, all that kind of stuff with only four mils needed. So what you do to pick that up, go to smartbrewkit.com, enter t- code TBN10, and you save 10 bucks. Dude, on either I'm kit. good at math. <laughs> Does it test for salsa? Oh, uh, it's coming. Oh, I think okay. that's a, it's an add-on that they're working on. Well, the tacos look for <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was good stuff, guys. I appreciate you yeah, coming all the way down and bringing these beers. And so you're going to be a heretic tomorrow making a beer. 
Yep. What are you guys making there? Can you talk? Can you talk yeah, about absolutely. it? Absolutely. Remington, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can, Remington. <laughs> so our co-op with Heretic that we're doing tomorrow, uh, we're using their Kvik yeast, mm-hmm. uh, basically making a Norwegian farmhouse sale with uh, green peppercorns, Szechuan peppercorns, and a little bit of kefir lime. That sounds delicious to me. Yeah. Warren, you'll be making that? <laughs> I guess we'll be making it tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be cool. Is that something yeah. you've done before, or are you just trying new shit with Don Jamil's time? <laughs> uh, I mean, they wanted to use the Kavik yeast for a while, mm-hmm. um, based on the conversations that we've had, mm-hmm. and uh, we're bringing our knowledge of peppercorns essentially yeah. uh, <laughs> that's a weird uh, it's a weird you know fine really good at weird niche. Peppercorns. <laughs> it's, it's a weird niche man you but need we, to specialize we went and tasted white peppercorns green peppercorns pink peppercorns black peppercorns szechuan peppercorns we tasted them all and yeah. we kind of really decided on these szechuan peppercorns szechuan. and green peppercorns that uh, combination specifically that, that with the kavik yeast and the thai basil is what we're going for okay there's almost like a Thai basil, or well, there's a basil kick off of that, uh, the Szechuan, the, the peppercorn. It's like it's it's like a thick feeling that works with basil hmm. on your palate. You had me at thick feeling. <laughs> on your basil? It was very thick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. How long, and then you guys, when do you go home? How long are you around here for? So we're here, else? we're here doing the collaboration tomorrow then we do yeah. a collaboration with drake on on wednesday okay and then we're heading up to portland to see our fabrication on the new tanks nice you drive did you drive or you flew we drove oh yesterday. that sucks all right that's cool that you did it one yeah. day yep wow what is that 12 hours not that bad 10 hours 13 and a half, yeah. 13 oh geez from where so you are yes oh all right there you go yeah yeah if you guys are here what's happening at the brewery <laughs> Nothing. Trees grown. <laughs> trees get to live. Yeah. To replace those trees that we cut down. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's do a little bit of beer news. You guys all right with that? Sure. Yeah. Did anything happen this week? Uh, yeah, a little bit. And, and you know, look, a lot of stuff happened, but uh, this, to me, was the best The best thing that's happened. Uh, you heard of Shafley? Schlafly? Schla- Schla- the locals go say Schlafly. Schlafly? Shafley. The first L is silent? Yeah, Shafley. Shafley. Okay. The first That's L, what they say, say like that. Mm. They say that like there's a <laughs> Could be just L. one general mispronunciation. Fly. S-C-H-L-A-F-L-Y. Schlafly. Schlafly. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, it's uh, this happened last week. Last week, the CEO of the St. Louis Brewery, better known uh, by the name of its primary brand, Schlafly, Resigned. CEO resigned. Uh, it wasn't known exactly why SEO, or CEO James Pendergraph had stepped down, but things seemed a little bit weird because CEOs generally don't just step down. Um, <clears throat> they said, um, actually, the brewery confirmed that uh, Pendergraph left, but they didn't say why. Hmm. Then uh, late last week, uh, Schlafly in- issued a public apology to a brewery called Four Hands, 
Brewing Company, the number four. Another St. Louis brewery located only a couple miles from the original Schlafly Tap Room. The apology states that, quote, a former Schlafly... <laughs> Can you say Schlafly more times, please? That's three times in two sentences. Uh, a, f- a former Schlafly executive... Then why have the extra L? Well, sorry, this is the way... Silent L. Stupid. Silent L. Uh, a Shafley executive made secretive attempts to sabotage the reputation of Four Hands Brewing Company. Uh, this is this is from the brewery. This is shadow on it. This is Shafley's public statement. Yes, that the former executive. <laughs> No, a former employee. Former Not executive. Named. Oh, did say executive. Yeah, secret okay. made secret attempts secretive attempts to sabotage the reputation of Forehand. The sabotage um, was apparently carried out via an anonymous newsletter that was sent what? to bars and restaurants throughout St. Louis. This is weird, crazy <laughs> shit. Uh, the, it was entitled. The newsletter was entitled "Brew IQ." In the Lou, L-O-U, which I guess is short for St. Louis. I don't know. Uh, who sends out newsletters anymore? <laughs> Kim Shimke, apparently. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the, Sh- the Shafley statement stops short of actually saying that Pendograph was behind it, but given the secrets of events, we can only assume this was the case. In the newsletter, the author subtly promotes Shafley throughout while casting shade upon other St. Louis breweries and forehands in particular. It even applies, This is, and you'll get to know why we're actually... this news was made for us. It applies that the forehand's name was inspired by sex acts performed quote, at a massage parlor and suggests that the brewery is struggling with how to respond to public outrage in the hashtag MeToo era. What? To, to suggest? That's what the newsletter is saying. Hey, you know, they're having a problem. Yeah, they made up this. some bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. The newsletter goes on to say uh, it references Forehand's development of a new line of craft spirits with the passage below. This is the newsletter. It says, leave glamorizing a pimp's wad of dollars to the deuce. I don't know, whatever that means. Maybe it was all that gin. The ladies are becoming woke and are starting to ask questions. We'd like to, gi- we'd like to give them a hand, but think... Four give, are give proving four to be hands. too knitting. Yeah. <laughs> Them ladies get woke. <laughs> uh, the leadership of Shafley, to their credit, dismissed Pentagraph from his position before the story ever publicly, bro- publicly broke. They issued the following statement. Uh, we were embarrassed to learn of these actions and sincerely apologize to Four Hands Brewing Company. Such actions are inconsistent with the core values in which we blah, 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 blah. And it's really weird because they kind of released it on social media and there was no explanation. Like no one outside of the area really knew <laughs> what was going on. Um, but I just I just thought that was really weird and, and odd for a CEO of a company right. to write a weird generic email, a newsletter and claim that their brewery name was, was a sex act. Right. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it's actually named after the four oh. hands of the family, a m- mother, father, and two sons. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. the four hands uh, uh, background. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Did he think it was going to help beer sales? Like what? Yeah, because the beer sales the, are the, down. With the sense of, like, I'm, gonna, I'm a marketer. I'm going to go out and I'm going to um, take some of that brand away from Viral marketing. My competition, oh. and I'll put out some bullshit. This is, wow. this is what he oh, says. Maybe he came from some other industry, but that was normal. He goes, uh, a certain large brewery's dilemma of how to reposition itself continues to grow because naming your brewery after a sex act provided at a massage parlor no longer feels as good. 
<laughs> it also claims that a beer made by the then mystery company, now recognized as Four Hands, was named, quote, after the lube needed for such a service. Like, what? this dude went fucking in, okay. dude. He didn't just allude. Like, he he went in real hard. He seems like he's been to a lot of massage parlors. <laughs> Was there a pun there? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. He went in really hard. Uh, I just, I can't, like... Do you, you think it was, like, somebody else and then it was done under this guy's approval? I mean, it's hard to imagine a guy being a yeah. CEO with the background. Right. And this is a pretty big operation, Shaffley and, and all the things yeah. they do there. Yeah. To hire a guy with that sort of, like, needed background to be that stupid... Or I think he just might have let it happen under his watch. And Possibly, some, and some yeah. marketing person got like two. You know, got crazy. Well, there was a lone it's wolf. Borderline the onion. Like, right, you can't it, write it that. Really, if if we if we tried to write that and like find the fake for the game we used to oh, play, like, oh, yeah. there's no way that I could have made that up and and had it be believable. There's no way. No, we would have lost that question. <laughs> yeah, we've lost that so Can hard. You imagine four hands. Wow, okay. Yeah, and I'm thinking, well, I mean, I mean, look, I pay a premium at massage parlors to get Sierra Nevada, but I mean, you know, it doesn't seem that that, that difficult to me. I'm just imagining, like, did no, he must have done this on his own, because there was no one there to be like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea or not. So he's just like, he prints it out on his computer, and then he goes, like, slides the papers under the doors. Of like the, these bar offices, possibly. Like what? What is happening? <laughs> I don't know, but I thought it was a real good, uh, a real good article. And there was another one. I didn't really read it though, so I'm not going to go through it. But it's called uh, "Note to Craft Beer Fans: It's okay to drink the same beer twice." Oh yeah, and it's basically just talking about um, what? What do they call them? Uh, tickers. <laughs> Which Tickers. you really need to accentuate the words uh, because they care more about ticking off beers like online. Ah, oh, okay. Um, and right. they're kind of ruining the fun and the business. Do you guys find that? People who just like so, after the so next I'm, thing? I'm or do you really, so I'm really bad at anything social media oriented or any of that. But mm-hmm. I did get a screenshot of one of our beers recently. Mm. It's an untapped one. Hell yeah. And the name on the beer is Pine Tree Pink Peppercorn Saison. Okay. So you guys are going for the and very direct marketing. No, that, whoever put it up, <laughs> did they? We got two stars and the 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 notation was I was expecting an IPA. <laughs> it's literally Fuck. directly uh, underneath uh, the name Pine Tree Pink Peppercorn Saison. Right below it, it says Farmhouse Saison. And I was expecting an IBA. And I still don't understand how we got two stars if they were expecting an IBA. Like, that's the question I want to ask. That's a minimum. I mean, Bro, see, that's so awesome. That shit, that, oh. There's an article in the New Brewer this month that's just for you then. Because there's an article that they call out IPA drinkers as being uneducated. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, like Denny Kahn posted a photo of that. And he goes, well, this person's making shit up. Like, to be honest, that's exactly what I find in my, like, the people that I know that are IPA drinkers, Russ, are IPA drinkers. And that is it. They don't know anything else. They don't care about anything else. And it's fine. But it was amazing to see how many brewers came to their defense. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, no, they just want to drink IPA and that's it. Okay. Why can't we admit that that's what it is? <laughs> it doesn't I, mean they know IPA as well. Oh no, yeah. What you said uh, that oh god that hurt that hurts me and I don't give it like I'm have no horse in this race, you know what I mean? But it's everything we rail about about what I should have done is played the brewers reading their bad reviews Ooh, game. Oh yeah. 
We have some good ones on that. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, how do you get there? You have to, you, you, you have like, to laugh at, at the stupidity on it. There's not, there's not yeah. any way to justify that. There's no way to justify it. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay. Oh, here's a pink peppercorn pine tree saison. Four stars out of five. That's Does well. not lack pine. Good. <laughs> Good. Thank but you. why did you take the time to write that? Right. I've got to say something. Otherwise, you don't look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I oh, guess. Versus saying something and then everyone knowing you don't know what you're doing. Exactly. Four, four stars out of five. Yeah, the, most people reading these don't have any idea themselves. Not right. a Saison fan, but this could change my mind. Well, tell me, Josh T. Did it? Right. Where's yeah. the follow-up? I want to know now. And now I'm personally invested in your no, no. timeline. This guy knows how to write a cliffhanger. You've got to skip over those things. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine, right? You know what else is fine? It's pretty painful. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I actually hate myself now because I cut my inner thought. Uh, the Chamonix Creek Brewing has been brewing award-winning beers in Croydon, Pennsylvania, since 2012, they are proud winners of four Billy Billy Beer <laughs> Philly Beer Scene. Proud winners of four Philly Beer Scene Magazine Awards for Brewer of the Year and three for Brewery of the Year. Two-time GABF Vienna Style Lager Medal winner, and they also won a bronze for their smoked lager in 2016 and 17. They have a big-ass tap room with 24 beers on tap, 18 of which are rotating in seasonal and or limited beers. A variety of beer styles from hoppy double IPAs to sessionable lagers, even oak-fermented saisons, but who the fuck brews those? And sour beers. If you can't make it to Croydon, hit up their second location in Jenkintown called the Borough Brew House, which features a full menu and 22 beers on tap, including guest taps from local breweries, meaderies, as well as Pennsylvania cider. ChamoniCreekBrewing.com. Hit them up with all them Johns. All right, Warren, we have a Twitter game to get through. We do. You were supposed to be looking at it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, What was the game again, please? The game was trying to find me a new holiday to be excited about. Because uh-huh. uh, Christmas is, is over. <laughs> as far as you're concerned? Right. I'm over it. All so right. I need something new. Okay. I, I mean, I want to look forward to something in December. <laughs> well, get, get, right. fair <laughs> enough. I don't know what to say. Uh, Timothy Mouse says, uh, Festivus, I look forward to hearing the airing of grievances on the next recording of the session. Hmm. That is a good holiday. It's a good holiday. We should um, get a Festivus poll in here. <laughs> Blobber responded, but he just responded with a photo <laughs> of uh, two taxidermied squirrels, uh, <laughs> one getting stabbed in the back <laughs> from another in a very nice um, bonsai tree scene. Uh, so, so far, that's my favorite. So he, did he name the holiday? Right. Is that just the no, decoration? Th- it's, this is literally the entry. So it's, oh, uh, my God, I love it. <laughs> it's just... It, uh, yeah, it just... Was that his a, high school project? This <laughs> <is> the caption. <laughs> uh, wow, okay. So, there you go. Yeah. That's Blobber's That's a front-runner right now. Entry. Yeah, Squirrel S&M Day or something. <laughs> uh, Ryan says uh, uh, holiday should be BN Session Day. Oh. Excuse me. You hear from interesting people, complain about crappy beer styles, and get your fill of hot takes. It happens every Monday, and I currently celebrate it. Oh, you said new. Never mind. (laughs) All right. There you go, Ryan. Hot takes. I got hot takes, dude, all day long. Let's go. Uh, Dave Schleed says, asked my wife to help me come up with something, and all she said was, you have a booger. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Gee, then. Uh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. We didn't get a whole lot on that one. Huh. Should have named a holiday after that booger. Mm. <laughs> He'd be the winner. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, in my opinion, it's either Dave with the booger or Blobber with the photo of the two dead squirrels killing each other. <laughs> I vote booger because I'm not sending anything to Canada. Yeah, the Saturday before oh. Christmas is booger Saturday. Yeah, I think help him out there. <laughs> You guys vote for Dave over Blobber? I don't know. Uh, My vote's for Blobber. Cause yeah, Blobber is a... All right, raise your hand. my attention. Who's voting yeah. for Blobber? Blobber. Yeah, I'm With the sword fighting squirrels. Oh, shit. Oh, the squirrels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, bad. Wow, Blobber gets it. Blobber. <laughs> Congratulations, Blobber. I'm not sending you anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What that a might total just be normal in. Canadian Christmas. Or Boxing Day or whatever. That's, yeah, maybe that's whatever true. It's already a holiday up there. It's yeah. the Christmas flag, I think, is <laughs> what they're going to make a flagpole now. Oh, yeah. Which, if anybody's going to do the weird crap that they talked about on the show today, it'd be Blobber. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't even know if he brews anymore. you got to make a flagpole out of the tree they use to make the beer, though. You have to. You have yeah. to do it's it. It's a flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> on the next session. Speaking of uh, cool things you got to do, Moonlight Meadery, a longtime supporter of the Brewery Network, and now they're looking to bring Michael Fairbrothers Braggots to market. You can help them get started by joining their Lunar Society, which includes 12 society-only mead releases, four society-only Braggots, a hooded sweatshirt, and a pair of tasting glasses, plus discounts and much more. I wonder if they have a computer in them that you can taste stuff with. Tasting. <clears throat> to learn more <laughs> and join the Lunar Society Club, check out Moonlight Meadery at moonlightmeadery.com. Help Michael Fairbrother in his uh, braggots. We had, I think, his Imperial Style bragget at one of the BNA parties at like a, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does sound familiar. It was, yeah, the it one was in really San Diego. good. Yeah, thank you. It was really good. I've had some you served at a, at a seminar, mm-hmm. but rest assured, if he makes it, it's good. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. I gotta find Take my a chance thing here. Me. Gotta find my find my John here. All right, <clears throat> and then uh, of course you can go to adamandeve.com, and uh, you know, look if you uh, if you like pleasing people, adamandeve.com. That's where you gotta go. Mm. You get uh, free big O kit, and I'm not even gonna tell you what it is because it's too weird. It's too weird for radio. You know what taco ends with? Is that the big O in taco? Yeah. Taco. We can always talk about it. <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> I changed my mind. If you want, if you want to, uh, if you really want to support your lover, your loved one, your wife, your spouse, yeah. or whatever, here's what uh, you speaking do. Speaking of tacoing, <laughs> you, go to, you go to adamandeve.com. Okay. okay. This is this is it's very important stuff. Right you go to adamandeve.com. Yeah, this is really important. And uh, you you can select. Uh, a new adult toy, or whatever, whatever you want, you get fifty percent off on that. Whatever item, I right? want, mm-hmm. the okay. and then it comes to you, uh, and you get the, the big oak or whatever, and then you you hand it to her. Okay, okay. light some candles or whatever, and hand it to her, and then you, you hand the package, and, and, the, and then she opens the the, 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 the package, package, and she you pulls out the dildo, it. and she goes, "What the fuck is this?" And you just look at her and go, "I want to taco about it," <laughs> and you get laid instantly. Every time? Every time. Every time. I, I, I do it all the time at home. Can I order Detail. these on a subscription service? <laughs> but that's what you do. You order the things. You get all the discounts. You say be an army at the at the checkout. Yeah. And the, actually, I think what happens is you order it. It comes, and then you scream be an army at your wife. 
He's screaming at her. Yeah. You, like, you open Nothing the package, you light ready. the candles, and you yeah. go, I have something I want to talk about with you. And she goes, what? And you go, be an army! <laughs> and then you get divorced. And then two years ago later, you get married. But you know what the trick to not getting divorced is? Hmm. Putting on that song, Let's Talk About Sex. Let's talk about se- I don't know. That didn't work the first time around for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's good advice, Mike. Bev, did I do everything? Did you? Uh, I'm sure. Is Hidden, I think Hidden Mother have a web, has a website? No, they don't. <laughs> which made it really fun to plan for the show. <laughs> yeah, we can do any gorilla shit. So, uh, Facebook, all right, join your Facebook you page. Have a Facebook thing? We do have Facebook. We have Instagram. Can, can, can people see website. the uh, the, okay. tree, the tree thing in the on Facebook? Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. We we just had a. Video done by craftbeer.com that it's a dope video is circulating. Oh, cool! Everybody should check that out. Yeah, it's, yep. it's cool stuff. All right, guys, thanks a lot for coming in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, good luck with your collab tomorrow. I hear the people who brew at Heretic are real weird. You'll fit in fine. <laughs> thank, you. thank you guys for having us. Yeah, no problem, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. The beers were great. It was a, it was a fun time. Had a good appreciate time. Appreciate it. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you later. Sky and winning the race, JP does great as his cherry.